Welcome to New Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I am your host, Christian Espinal, and joining me through Discord is uh, the one, the only, it is Joshua Gangsta Time Cole. It's called Partner, but it should be called Gangsta Time. What's good, Chris? <laughs> hey, What's good, everybody listening? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also joining us is our producer. It is Edgelord Big News Brian. What's up, nerd? Hello. Hello. Oh, my God. We have such a big week this week. I think we're breaking a record. Uh, so, uh, you know, let's not waste any let's not waste any time. All right. Let's get right into it. Uh, let's get into plugs. You could find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. Joshua Cole, where can they find you? At JD Cole underscore 37 on Instagram as well. And you can highlight me on Twitter. NY Chillin. Yeah. C-H-I-L-L-E-N. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian, where can they find you? You can find me at b.esp on both Twitter and Instagram. And if ever I decide to stream, you can find me at twitch.tv slash punchline. Alrighty then. Uh, you can follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter especially because we're going to start doing a new thing. Uh, we're going to do audience polls for uh, audience-nominated RGCs. That's really good chapters. It's basically the best chapter of the week. Uh, we're going to let you guys vote on it. The poll will be up every Sunday afternoon to evening, you know, whenever the chapters come out. Uh, and after, yeah, I think they only let me nominate four at a time. So you can write in whatever you feel if uh, your choice is not on there. And we will announce the winner on the, the episode that follows. Uh, if you oh, also follow our theme song guy, DrumFoo, at drum underscore foo. Uh, email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with all your questions, suggestions, anything guys you want to talk about, or comment below this video. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, we have a 50-plus episode archive that doesn't have video to it, plus the episodes we lost because we were uh, taken down from our original YouTube channel. So all those episodes are, are still available in audio version. Check those out. Uh, if you are watching, listening to us on iTunes... Uh, hit us up on YouTube. The link will be in your description wherever you're listening, whether it's Spotify, uh, iTunes, Amazon Music we're on now, uh, all the stuff. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we're pretty much there. So uh, follow us on that and uh, leave a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, follow us on Spotify. Give us a like, subscribe, all that jazz, you know, all that promotional stuff I hate doing. Uh, without further ado... Let's get on with the show proper. It is time to renovate. Boruto. Mm. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is Boruto, mm. chapter 51, Sacrifice. Uh, last we left off, uh, we were in this strange all-rock dimension where uh, Naruto, Sasuke, and Boruto were facing up against Ishiki Otsosuki, um, one of these aliens from outer space that are invading the ninja world now. Uh, Naruto and Sasuke were getting their asses beat, but then uh, Boruto came in and uh, and saved everybody with his uh, crucial discovery that the Otsutsuki clan does not want to kill any of them right now. Hold on. Is this a other rock dimension, or is this just another place somewhere else, like far away? Nah, from they said the... it was another dimension. I they... mean, I see trees and stuff, but I guess oh, there I guess can I'll... be trees in other dimensions. Yeah. Alternate reality it trees. Went to Nam. <laughs> yeah, they went to Namek. Uh, 
Yeah, so basically, Boruto is like, ha, you can't kill me because you need me for something. And we get the explanation as to why they need Boruto alive. In so many words, Amado reveals that uh, in order to grow the chakra, the divine tree with the chakra fruit on it, you need to uh, feed the tree a living member of the Otsutsuki. So basically, the way the process goes is that they plant the tree, and um, when the time comes, an Otsutsuki member must sacrifice themselves and offer itself to be eaten by the tree. But it's cool because they have karma. That's why karma exists, so they can implant, they can body snatch somebody else and just take their body, and they'll never really die. You know? So that's the long and short of it, basically. Um and that's why Boruto can't be killed because he has karma in it. Uh, he has a Momoshiki's uh, karma. So he's primed for sacrifice because Ishiki's body stinks right now. So they can't really use it. The younger your body is, the stronger the tree will, will become down the line. So, you know, they think they got him. They got him at a checkmate. Um, it's kind of funny. Sasuke is like, all right, well, all we have to do is kind of buy time because he's on his dying breath anyway. And then he just gets... Kicked in the face. Uh, he just gets knocked out. He just lands directly uh, on him by Yishiki. And then drops a bunch of these cubes on him. Uh, I, I thought it was kind of crazy that he literally says, we can't win against him. Yeah. That was very... Like, damn, all right. Yeah. Am I supposed to believe you, Sasuke? <laughs> I mean, I this guy is probably stronger than Kaguya, so... Yeah, chances that they eat him is kind of slim, especially since it seems like they don't have six paths anymore. I mean, I guess not. I, if they say so, they can't beat him. They can't beat him. Um, it's literally the two Hokages right now fighting him. So if they're not sure, I guess it's fair. Uh, Boruto tries to beat him with a regular ass Rasengan, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, you know, I can't kill you, but I will break your fucking arm." And he snaps his arm like a twig. Uh, and kicks him in the gut. He's like, sit down, little boy. You will be eaten by the ten tails. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, meanwhile, back at the back at Shikamaru's headquarters, Kawaki's hating on Amato. He's like, you're fucking, you're so cocky while you say this with your dumb, smug face. And Amato's just like, chill, dude. What, are you mad because you don't have karma anymore? And Kawaki's like, mm. sad. You, you wish it was you sacrificing yourself? Yeah. You sad boy? <laughs> Why are you so sad, bro? You so, you wish this whole conflict was about your life and not someone else's? Yeah. Does, I mean, maybe how does Kawaki about Boruto, you know? How does Kawaki not have karma though? Because they, um they did something, bro, and he got rid of it. No, the I'm way not it works joking either. No, yeah, the way it works is that because they forced Ishiki to take over this guy's body, Jigen's body, that erases all of the other karmas. Because that this guy has, because they don't want to create doubles of people roaming around. Oh, so once you officially like take over someone's body, every other karma thing you have is erased. So does he want to find Kawaki again so you can implant him a karma? Yes, because again? his current body is dying. So yeah, okay. Now I get it. it. All right. Um, Naruto. Because Kawaki's the perfect vessel, much like Sasuke was for the snake guy. Yeah, yeah, but but Kawaki was like literally created to be a vessel. Yeah, so yeah, I guess there's a difference in that aspect. But so was everybody with a sharing guy. <laughs> Shut up. Or was Sasuke specific? I'm sure. 
I don't know. But in any case, Naruto's okay. like like trying to think of what to do next. He's talking to Kurama inside his head, and uh, he's basically out of ideas. Kurama's like, well, I do have one idea, but it'll kill you. And um, Naruto's just like, whatever, man, let's do it. You know, I'm the Hokage. For sure. My, I'm the Hokage. That. It's my job to sacrifice myself. I should be sacrificing for myself uh, for the village at all at all costs, you know? Uh, I thought this was a really cool moment for Naruto. I know he's not going to die, but uh, it feels... It, it's always... Uh-huh. It's hard to get emotional. No, because Kawaki's supposed to do it. He's not going to die with this, whatever's happening. I mean, no, but there's still a chance that that Kawaki that we see is the one that's possessed by Ishiki. So wait, what? There's still a chance that that adult Kawaki is just Ishiki taking over his body. There's still a chance mm-hmm. that that's the thing. That's that's the case. So that's this could be the part where Naruto dies. All right. I mean, I don't know. I well, my point was that uh, I'm I'm happy to see Naruto be a Hokage, like do Hokage like things. It's hard not to get emotional when Naruto has these cool moments. It's like the kid made it. He fucking did it. Um. It's all is always very nice. Um, so Naruto just reveals what his what Kurama's plan is, and it turns out it's this new form. Uh, he's got tails coming out the top and bottom of his cape. Uh, I guess this is like a super duper, uh, QB form thing. I'm with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing it's probably gonna be something similar to like guys eight gates. Like once you use it, it's like draining all your life force or something yeah um yeah this is interesting um i appreciated this chapter quite a bit uh it was good to see naruto do his thing um i also think the the mechanic of the body snatching thing like karma is a mechanic of the story is pretty cool Uh, I'm, i'm enjoying it more than i thought i would i enjoyed it this was a good chapter this is like uh like it set up a lot and you know they've been waving death flags for naruto for a while but even when they don't kill him off like everything that he's doing is exactly what he should be doing you know like everything about naruto and sasuke has been like highlights in this series but boruto still had a little bit of shine here like you know having some right he got his arm broken (laughs) yeah but he's still just a kid and i guess that makes it a little more like in line with how the world should be. Like, kids shouldn't be able to be powerhouses in this situation. Nah. Especially, I guess, like, Naruto can't be, right? So, if his arm gets broken, that makes sense. He's just a kid. I'm just a kid. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying he needs to be, like, a Super Saiyan right now. I just would like him to not be just, like, ha, you can't kill me. It's like, I can still beat the shit out of you. But technically, wasn't wrong. Even Sasuke didn't notice that either. So he just has some good deduction. He's he's always been highlighted as a smart kid. You know, like that that was his whole thing. Nah, he dumb. But, he cheated during the tuning exams. <laughs> he cheated. He dumb. But uh, he's smart. Cunning is what his thing is. Yeah, he's cunning. Yeah, he's more cunning than than powerful, which I think is cool. I wish they showed something of him that resembled anything of his mother. But, you, <laughs> yeah, know. you know. Like, Hinata doesn't really have a character. Dude. Like, no, yeah, she's <laughs> simply yeah. mom. She's just mom now, as are most of the female characters of this series. They are mom. Mom. 
But that's all I got to say about Boruto. You guys, uh, yeah. you guys want to add any closing thoughts? Uh, I think pray for Naruto. Hmm? Pray for Naruto, dude. It'll be fine. It's time to randomize. I hope he turns his sword into some gu- 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 guns. The Axe Books. Uh, Ten of Swords. Okay. We only have two, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to the usual three, we're starting with Excalibur. Uh, issue 13 part 9 of 22 of 10 of swords uh this is a new this is like a fresh new pickup kind of like the uh we're starting off in Otherworld at the uh starlight citadel uh jamie and uh brian braddock the original captain britain show up to uh to the starlight citadel and uh basically they're just like yeah my sister's here and um captain britain is like don't touch me we're not cool. <laughs> um, you know, Saturday this art is so cool. Yeah, RB Silva's on this. Great art. Uh, he's he's the man. He's one of the two people who are working on like the Powers and House of X miniseries. It's him and Pepe Larraz, I think his name is. Both great artists. Um, but uh, in any case, they're ba- uh, Captain Britain is there to find her sword uh, so she could participate in the tournament. The sword, uh, what was it called? The Starlight Sword, I think it's called. No, the Sword of Might. No, uh, Cap- uh Brian has that. Brian Braddock has the yeah. Sword of Might. Oh yeah, they're going. Well, yeah. Um, Sad and I has the uh, the Star- I think Starlight. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But uh, mm-hmm. st- but Saturnine is being uh, withholding to say the least. Uh, yeah, to say the least. She's basically well, like, "Hey, can can we have the sword?" She's like, "No." You cannot, because I'm thirsting for your brother, and no other reason. Um, which is fucked up, because she's the one who started this whole tournament, and now she's just like yeah. pre- actively preventing Crack Owens from getting a sword that they need. Um, w- w- which makes that the Galador, the not the Galador, the uh, sword space station incident uh, even more sus, because uh, she's definitely not trying to help them at all. No, it's literally because she <laughs> she's trying to get Cable smoke. She's trying to get the whole planet smoke. God damn. Yeah, she don't care about the Krakowans. She's better. She's better like that. Um, basically, yeah. this whole chapter, this whole issue, uh, Brian's been trying to get uh, Betsy to take the Sword of Might, and she's like, "I don't want the Sword of Might. I have the amulet. I'll just use the amulet." And he's like, mm, "I I can't use the Sword of Might. All that shit. I don't know why they're fighting. Really, it's just." She's just kind of saying you. All right. Well, look. The I was gonna save these thoughts till the end, but I think um, Brian's kind of just like saying, you know, I'll, I'll take my amulet now, and oh, you can have the sword. To tr- and that was kind of how it started. Like she smacked him away, you know, when he tried to hug her, because as he was, you know, as he was trying to hug her, he was like, you know, I brought this sword for you, so you can use this, and I can be Captain Britain again, you know. And she's kind of just like. Yo, fuck out of here! I got this. It's, no, it's I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't. I don't really understand the dynamic between them that much. Like already, just from a comic book history perspective. But um, mm. I still don't understand what the major conflict is. I mean, okay. So from what I understand is because uh, there's a little informational page that shows what the sort of might is about. Uh, basically, the Captain Britain. You you become Captain Britain after you make a choice of some sort, like. Merlin comes to you, and, and this happens for every Captain Britain of every universe. Merlin approaches you and is like, you could either have the amulet or you got the Sword of Might. 
and if you pick the sword, you fail the test, and you don't really become yeah. Captain Britain. Uh, if you take the amulet, then that means you're pure of heart, and you can become Captain Britain. Uh, so you can't be Captain Britain as long as you just have the sword. You need the amulet. That's the winning prize, I guess. Um, so that's the dynamic. She, he's basically just trying to get his powers back, and Betsy is like, yeah, they're mine now. <laughs> I've had yeah, that's basically what's going on. Like, I'm, I'm good. Like, we need your sword. I'll hold. I'll hold this. See, here's the thing. No one met, uh, Maybe I missed it, but you know they don't. They don't really talk about the Starlight Sword. Yeah, she just knows there's a, like, you know, Betsy just knows that there's another sword that needs to be gotten. And her brother already had the Sword of Might, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I, I have some ideas, and I want to wait until we get to the end of this chapter. Okay. Because I don't want to spoil anything. Also, um, before we continue moving forward, I do want to mention, uh, did you see uh, Jamie's uh, cape? Oh, is it the? Is it the? I didn't. Yeah, that's that. Sinister's cape. That's <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah, I need to see that. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, man, I love that, man. I love these little details. Yeah, it's a little detail of continuity. Is like, yes, we are. This is a continuing story that you know flows together. It's really cool. Uh, there's also a reference to um, you know, putting together the Captain Britain corpse. Apparently, uh, I mean, this is news to me because I'm not very familiar with that side of the Marvel universe, but the Captain Brain Corps pretty much are gone, destroyed. Um, and Saturday, yeah, by the map makers. Yeah. Yeah. So Captain, uh, so Saturday's like, don't worry, we'll get our core. I've seen it. And Betsy's like, no, we have a core, you know, we have alternate mm. reality. She created at some point, alternate <laughs> reality versions of the Excalibur team who are all Captain. Yeah. Brain. Uh, this Actually, I think Jamie did. I think J- oh, yeah. Jamie did that in. Uh, yeah, because he can. Warp remember when that weird, weird situation happened? Like the missile hit right. reality. It was. That it was Excalibur. weird. It was really when we were in. Pay- it was. It was when we were paying super close attention to Excalibur. Well, sure. <laughs> I, we'll, we'll, we'll say that. Well, fi- fair enough. It's fair before enough. we knew that it was gonna be a big deal. <laughs> uh, but apparently. Barely. Yeah, but apparently, like Jamie created alternate version, alternate universe versions of the Excalibur team in which they are all Captain Britain. So she's like, "Why don't you just resurrect them and make them the core?" And basically, it comes down to they have to, they didn't make the choice between the sword and the amulet, so they're technically not Captain Britain by tradition. So, and also, I guess Saturnine's very petty, so you know she's just not. Yeah, that is the key to this issue: is that. We come to find out that Sad and I, yeah, as she's, you said, she's just me. She's, she's she's very petty and kind of doesn't really have a clear path of what's going on, unless this is all her plan. But we'll get into that. Yeah. Speaking of the anyway. new Captain Britain Corps, uh, we cut to the night where King Jamie is sleeping in the Starlight Citadel, and the alternate reality versions of the Excalibur team, who are Captain Britain, show up. And they're trying to assassinate him, essentially. Uh, after hearing him yell from like the outside while she's training, Betsy links up with Brian and they all rush towards uh, Jamie's room where he's pretty much got the entire alternate Captain Britain team uh, just held up. She's like, don't worry, I got this. I, I'm going to kill them right now. And Betsy's like, don't do that. <laughs> There's still people. You know, they try to assassinate me. So, you know, he kills the Jubilee one. And uh, that just pisses off the other Captain Britons, and they all just start chasing him. Um, Gambit and the alternate Gambit, Captain Gambit, 
ends up throwing one of his cards at the scabbard of the Sword <laughs> of Might, blows it up, and that bestows upon Brian the powers that are within the sword, making him Captain Avalon. Uh, cool design, honestly. I do like this design on, on him. Uh, it's pretty Yes, cool. it's pretty cool. I mean, I, mean, I guess it's, it's the way It's definitely not from. lamer than the other one or anything, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could also be just like this, uh, Arby Silla is a great artist, <laughs> but... Uh, I, re- I I like that panel. It's pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, um, that's when Saturnine shows up and everybody just kind of chills. Saturnine's like, "What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Who let them out?" And um, you know, she she's she gets uh, Captain Avalon to take them all to prison and also follow her back to her quarters. Mm. Oh. Um, Betsy also. Yeah, gets locked up as well. Well, first she tries to take her powers away. She's like, you know what? I'm taking the amulet now. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm like, why didn't you just do that before? Aren't you like the queen of this shit? But, yeah, uh, the, all, yeah, we're going to get into it. I mm-hmm. guess like maybe she just like needed a reason. And this is kind of reason she's like accusing her of, see- of freeing these folks. But uh, yeah. yeah, she tries to take it, but... um. Betsy's like, basically, if I can't have it, neither can anybody of you. So she destroys the amulet, leaving them no choice. But she's just permanently Captain Britain now. Like, they can't really do anything about it, I guess. she They really have to just rely on her and the other Captain Britons. Um, so, yeah, the other everybody is escorted to their prison. Brian is going to go get laid. <laughs> and uh, we then uh, cut to the prison where... Uh, Captain Britain's trying to communicate with the other Captain Britons. And she's just like, hey, chill, guys, stand by. We're going to come get you soon. I'll find a way. Um, mm. That's when Jamie also hacks into her telepathic link and tells her to jump out of the window where he is riding a griffin. And he's like, let's go save Brian from getting laid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, back at the Starlight Citadel, things are getting hot and heavy when uh, Star- when Saturnine are basically like, wait, before we do this, uh, I got to give you the Starlight Sword. <laughs> um, Looks really dope. Yeah, she's got, it's like a sword made out of pure light. It weighs zero grams, but, it, but when you wield it, it weighs like 1,724 grams. Uh, it's made out of, it, nobody knows what it's made of. It looks like it's made of pure light. It's from that that plant that was in the middle of the sun. Yeah. Remember? So it weighs it weighs three pounds when it's oh. uh, <laughs> when you hold it. Well, we don't know the metric That's system light. here. I thought it was like whoa, seventeen hundred grams. I'm like, that's a lot of grams. Um, but you know, she's like, take the sword and be my champion, and also get in these guts, and then Captain Avalon. <laughs> 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 And also, Captain Avalon's like, sure. <laughs> they start doing the thing. And they leave the Starlight Sword on the ground. Which, at first, I was like, what? <laughs> but uh, it turns out... Yeah, she just kind of drops She just it drops there. it like an idiot. <laughs> on the ground. And uh, that it was... It turns out, that was all part of the plan. Like, Brian was supposed to seduce her into being stupid. And dropping the sword. And yeah. Betsy was supposed to just, like, rush in and grab it real fast. She's like, I got the sword, bitch. I win. Um, and I guess, you know, now that that's happened, that Saturdays is just like, you you assholes. 
So they leave, and uh, the she issue... says, "Well played." <laughs> <laughs> well played. You had the ultimate, my ultimate weakness. You got me weighed. It was pretty good. Uh, they return to Krakoa, and uh, Brian and Elizabeth drop their swords into the ground, and now they have two more champions ready to go. Two for one. Three remain. Uh, this was a fun issue. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. This is a confusing issue. Why? So, listen. I want you guys to remember, especially you, Chris, that this is the same person that snapped the fingers and completely stopped the march of the whole entire enemy <laughs> force. Yeah, and? All powerful in her dimension. Opal, Luna, Saturn, Yet, so, but, but, so, okay, okay, okay. Maybe she, maybe she's not, <clears throat> what's the word, omniscient? Like, she can't always see what's going on, especially when she's caught up, you know, she's making out with homie, right? Mm-hmm. But, what was stopping her from completely getting rid of Betsy just with her abilities alone? Or I at least freezing her in place and taking the sword and saying no? You can't have it. I want <laughs> I, have it. You can go kick rocks. Like what what is going on here? I guess the and rules What is her plan? What the fuck is going on? I think it was just the rules. Like she's even even she's beholden to the rules that she set down. Like once she once they get the sword, it's like, all right, you got like you got the sword. You I can't do nothing. Okay. I can take that. I didn't I didn't That's really That's what think I figured. I mean, you know that she it does make sense, you know. She, it's just that it was kind of crazy, but oh, maybe that is the rule. Once they obtain the sword, and that's because all right, Betsy does talk about the prophecy, right? She says, uh, a hero destined to brandish what the earth hath swallowed, mm-hmm. and then echo doom to yearn for what the stars hath forsworn. I don't even know what that means, <laughs> just reading it out loud like that. I had to read it in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> The the jeez, Hickman, we we get it. Well, it's actually not even him. Maybe he came up. It's with probably him. Goal. He came Whatever. up with the rhyme. It's probably just him. Yeah, he probably came up with the call. He didn't write the issue, but you get the point. Yeah. Listen, man. Listen. I get it. It was about two about twins, right? Mm-hmm. And two fucking swords. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. But I I, I still don't understand the plan. I don't. I, I don't. Whatever. What we'll plan? See. We'll see what happens in the next Excalibur. Yeah. There's going to be another one, right? Before. Yeah, there'll be. I mean, there's going to be probably. We'll probably go around the whole cycle because there's 22 issues of this arc. So we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, with that, we cut over to X Men number 10. Oh, no, no. This is issue 13. This is chapter 10. Um, we, we start in Krakoa. Banshee is on uh, the healing grass thing, chilling. After getting stabbed and shit in uh, in Morocco, uh, Apocalypse is still writhing in pain because he just got betrayed, super hard. And uh, yeah, his feelings are hurt as well. Yeah, plus, as his feelings are hurt. In his chest. Yeah, uh, he's so, got it bad. So the whole time he's just like, <laughs> and uh, he he's writhing around as people are trying to heal him. And uh, Xavier's so just like. As well. Yeah, Xavier's just like, hey, can you augment the healer's powers and make him stronger so he can heal Apocalypse? And uh, the healer's like, it could probably kill him. 
you know. Uh, I'll I'll probably heal him to death. Uh, and uh, that's what Beast is like. What are the chances he makes it through Apocalypse? Is like better than yours. Do it. <laughs> and uh, so they heal his ass, and uh, it works. He just makes it through. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, I'm fine now. Uh, so basically, it's funny. As they heal him, I don't see Beast anywhere in sight. Oh no, there he is on the computer. I thought he got about the room. Like, yeah, all right. I, he just got back. I only needed to hear one threat. <laughs> yeah, right, good, right? Yeah, I don't really need me, right? Yeah. Okay. But there goes his pretentious ass on the computer. Is it? <laughs> yeah, he just started playing uh, Overwatch. Just <laughs> like if you don't need me, I'll just get on. <laughs> I gotta. Um. So yeah, it it all works out, and then Apocalypse just decides to flashback for a little while. Do we know? I feel like we knew this information, didn't we? I don't know what the first part. Yeah, so it starts off explaining, you know, that um, about the attack with uh with the demons from uh, Ameth. Uh, mm-hmm. We get a scene where while they were fighting on Krakoa, uh, at some point, I I think we know this information. We're just seeing this play out now uh i think what's new information is that the 100 man army and then the the white sword who ended up becoming an adversary in Araco mm-hmm. when uh the horse remember when they ran into him or at least from the story that was told from the summoner which could all be lies so right who yeah knows? but uh no i i think that's i think that's new information the fact that he knew and he sent them mm-hmm and that you know, he, yeah, we also, know, we kind of knew, we kind of knew he, yeah, he I was mean, someone that turned into a bad guy, and was, but was initially fighting for good. We do get to see uh, Annihilation, the uh, the god of Ameth, like I guess the main antagonist of this arc, uh, appears. Yeah, you know what? It, it seems like Apocalypse is on Araco. like, and I and I thought he never crossed over. I thought he, I thought you know, he had to seal the chasm during the war and then they formed you know Araco. Mm-hmm. yeah i guess so um so at some i mean i don't know yeah maybe he crossed over for a minute at some point and then went back because what i what this story is is something that we've kind of been told in in brief a while back where it's about how genesis was invited to go to Ammonth by annihilation annihilation right that's what it was uh, we get yeah. to see like a little bit of Annihilation's deal. Uh, Annihilation is just like a mask, but when you wear it, it takes over your body and you just become the ruler of Araco, but you're dead. It just body snatches you, essentially. Uh, and, you know, apparently it just like destroys the body as it as it uh, takes hold. So that's why it's just always in a box for a, little, for a minute. And it's like, give me to someone for a hot second. And yeah, so apparently we get a little bit more about Genesis's powers. It looks like she has grass centric abilities. Like she's the strongest mutant there. She's even stronger than Apocalypse apparently, and that's why she decides to go. And uh, she basically just tells Apocalypse, "You stay behind. You try to prepare people, and uh, you try to make sure that our people are strong enough for the." F- Power for the problem we're gonna have down the road. <laughs> I just looked over. I saw the 
<laughs> Apocalypse Cry. This first of all, this better be the screenshot for when we talk about action. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it will. Listen, Bad listen. Boy. Yeah, he's so. We, I'll, I'm not gonna wait till we wrap this up, bro. Okay. This, this your boy Apocalypse been looking real vulnerable out in these streets the <laughs> yeah. past few. <laughs> The past few uh, uh, issues he's been featured in, he's like he he he, you're, you're supposed to be the baddest bad. You know what I'm saying? You you are the '90s guy. You feel me? <laughs> you're a '90s. Aside man. from yeah, you know what I'm saying? He's I don't think so. I think he's the older than the '90s. Everyone remembers. No, that was huh? Onslaught, dude. I think Onslaught is the '90s. Ah, whatever. He was another one, and he's he'll be around soon. I think Apocalypse predated the '90s. Well, 80s also. You know what time it is with the X-Men. They've been... They've recycled these characters for every 10 years. But listen, the point is... point is... He's bad. He's a bad man. I ain't never... Yo, I ain't never seen him looking so... Sad. First of all, his wife straight up told him... You're soft. Stay here on Earth. You're not soft. You're not stronger than me. Yo, yeah, me and the kids are gonna go over there and beat their ass. You stay here and you can stay down and stay and hold the crib down. Matter of fact, we gonna hold it. Yeah, yeah we we gonna live here and you you figure you it in... out with these people out here and try to make them strong. We'll yeah. be back soon. Yeah, you live in Softsburg. Yeah, in G- G- Gainesville, <laughs> in Horseheads. I mean, anyway. I will I will say this. I think it's uh this is kind of like a little twist on Apocalypse's character is that this is why he's he is what he was this entire time. His, his, his entire career has been trying to prep the X-Men in a very aggressive way to face the Iraqo forces, uh, the Amanth forces at some point in their lives. He's a bully. Bro, he's a bully. He's a, he's the, he's the, he was the softest one out of his whole set. And then when they told him to stay on Earth, he went and bullied everybody else. <laughs> And so, then, come on, man. He was mad. He was mad for all those years. You, I'll show you. He's mad. I'm gonna get a, a yeah. angel wing friend, and we're gonna we're gonna fuck shit up. I'm gonna be a big deal here. You guys have fun in your land of demons. I'll chill here. It's unfair. Uh, the issue kind of wraps up with Apocalypse getting out of bed, and is like, I'll go, I have to go get my sword, and uh, he goes to Egypt to find his sword. Uh, he comes across the tombs of his children he thought were dead, I guess. And he destroys them to find the pieces of his sword. And uh, he assembles them to come up with the scarab sword. And as he leaves, he walks away, cool guys don't look at explosion style. And uh, his boy is like, looks like a sharp blade. It is. Now watch me wield it. Yeah. It's a cool line. Uh, he, I like how he basically destroyed the, the pyramid because he said, yeah, this was for my dead kids, but they're alive. So <laughs> this offends me. Yeah. So that's uh, that was the X-Books. Uh, only two. Very fun. I, I enjoyed reading them. Uh, quite. Man, good. Marauders was trash, but this one was really good. Marauders? It made me laugh a lot. Excalibur. Exactly. <laughs> I like both. Not even worth worth remembering. Nah, dude, R.B. Silva's art, fantastic. Um, very, t- very fun times with X-Men. Still still keep it going. I think next week is going to be like a one-shot issue. Like, I guess, like a middle ground type of thing. Thesis. Yeah, X-Men 
XF Swords. Uh, Stacey. I checked out the cover for it next weekend. It's got all. It's got a few. I guess those are the sword bearers. Yeah, for for the know. other side, mm-hmm. bro. One of them's a big ass, either an alligator or a dinosaur. One nice. or the other. Nice. Or crocodile. Crocodile. Uh, I don't know the difference. <laughs> I think crocodiles are bigger, right? We'll go with crocodile. I have no idea, but um, yeah, that was uh, Ten of Swords. It is time. Jujutsu Kaisen. Oh, this is Jujutsu Kaisen chapter 126, the Shibuya incident, part 43. Um, last we left off, uh, Nobara was seemingly deaded. Uh, seemingly. Yeah, but we start off with a flashback with, uh, you know, just good times with friends to make us feel sad about. Nobara's passing. It's a little cute moment. Uh, it's fun. What? Don't worry. We'll get to it. She didn't pass. We'll get to it when we get to it. I'm telling the story. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I mean, next page is full page spread of Nobara's head caved in, big hole in it, uh, just lying on, on her back on the floor while uh, Itadori looks down just traumatized. At this point, he lost his friend, and she's shaking. And that's when Mahito takes the fucking time. He's like, oh, shit, now's my chance. And uh, he just, big two-page spread where he just lays a really a really sweet punch right on the fucking chest of Itadori. So much so, he's like bouncing. Sends him ricocheting. Yeah. You know how hard you got to hit somebody to send them just ricocheting? Ugh. They got to at least be over like 107%. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be at least 137%. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, so yeah, he just keeps wailing on him, and that's most of the chapter actually. He's just taunting him and wailing him, and uh, saying like, "You came here with some half-assed determination. This is a war. This is not a battle. You know, to fix what's wrong. Clash of truths. Oh man, you weren't ready for this smoke. Why are you here? <laughs> Basically. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's I, like when you know when when you know you're winning. Were you about to twenty one yeah. somebody and mad and something like that? And you're like. Why'd you even pick up the sticks? <laughs> you trash. I can safely talk shit now because I know yeah, it's yeah. over. <laughs> and even if I'm 21, you, I know you won't win. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, he's about to deal the finishing blow. He turns his hand into a praying mantis arm, I guess. And uh, right as he swings, he hears a clap and he's in the complete opposite side of the room. And you know what time it is. He turns around and who's standing behind him? It's fucking Toto. I was wondering where this guy was this whole yeah, time. Man, he's a like, where is this guy? I, <laughs> like, I, know, I totally <laughs> forgot how, how much of a thug he was, man. First things first, I what I almost jumped out of my seat. I was like, fucking Toto. He's the man, dude. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, also, we get a little bit of um this kid uh from a Kyoto first year from Kyoto High shows up beside Toto. He's like, hey, I finished treating the girl. She might be dead. Don't make it sound like it's my fault, but... Might. I mean, yeah. Which means she's Nobara not, Kenbury. bro. Yeah. I mean, unless we it's see it. It's a Japanese sequential art we're speaking about. Yeah. She's not dead, folks. Yeah. If you don't see somebody take their last dying breath, then consider them alive. You guys were right. She's going to look really cool soon, though. Hell yeah. I pass <laughs> It'd be funny if he just comes up next uh, next chapter in one panel. He's like, "Oh, never mind. She just flatlined. She's dead." 
It's just like <laughs> cash. That cut me real deep. <laughs> uh, so yeah, basically Toto's behind him. Uh, Mahito's like, whoa, this must be the guy that beat up Hanami. And he turns over to Itadori. He's like, wake up, the plant brother. man, R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says, wake up, brother. Our battle has just begun. While Itadori is just like, what? I'm I have CTE huh? now. What? Did someone say my name? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Itadori? Yeah. Grandpa? Dude, I'm so glad that Toto's finally showed up. Like, I forgot all about it. Like this whole arc. All this shit is going on, and I'm like, where the fuck is this one dude? Like, he's well, supposed citizens. to be here. Well, here's the thing: is that this he's not in their school, so he's basically like the Sand Village guy. You know, he, like there's the Sand Village trope of just outer allies that will just come in and save the day. Yo, you said it in the Sand Village, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah. So excited though! This was such a fun. Th- it's gonna be yeah. real fun up in here. Toto's a fun character. Uh, he's gonna be badass as hell. I'm so excited. Um, next chapter might be RGC. I'll say that. SRA vibes. <laughs> next chapter might just be. You know be what that really stands good. for? What? <laughs> SRA vibes. What does it stand for? Arc is the last one. What? What? Sasuke Retrieval Arc. Oh. <laughs> you can't just abbreviate things. SRA vibes. I mean, I'll say that. That's how this arc has felt. It's really it's really high standard, just fun, shonen fucking battle manga. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. I know Kishimoto didn't uh didn't originate it, but goddamn, he uh he he like he one of the most imprintful uh versions of it ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he perfectly getting saved by the homies. Yeah. <laughs> So what you thought this was gonna be a fair fight? <laughs> you, thought, you thought we gave a fuck? Yeah. You know and that's how it is in real life, right? There's no fair ones. Yeah. If you're not fucking reading Jujutsu Kaisen, you're missing out. Get on it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Are you guys ready to move on? Read real trick first. Also, read real trick though. We'll always give it a shout out. Um, ready to move on, guys? Yep. It's time to randomize. The death metal books. Uh, we have two. Huh. I decided to just lump them together. Uh, we have Justice League number. I believe this is fifty-five. Uh, yes. We are continuing on the journey of John Johns' team as they try to uh, release the Legion of Doom from their uh, the Perpetuous Throne to take away her powers. Uh, we're just gonna. We're not gonna abuse John. We can't beat this dead horse. Especially like I and I know they're tempting us because the very you can first show images. <laughs> I will show images, but I will say that they're trying to tempt us because the very first page is John John's losing as usual, not even putting up a remote <laughs> fight. He is just getting his ass <laughs> mentally on his own turf. I can't. I can't handle it. I I can't beat this dead horse anymore. It's almost glue at this point. You know, it's very bad. Uh, we just cut back to the heroes who are fighting Starro <laughs> in their minds. Uh, in in the Starro mind control thing, they realize that they, they just kind of figured out on their own. They're like, "Wait a minute, this is an illusion." Uh, meanwhile, their outer bodies are trying to kill Lex Luthor and Nightwing. Uh, 
they the reason is that uh, the reason Lex Luthor and Nightwing weren't affected so hard is because Lex Luthor has apparently been like building up a tolerance to Starro's mind control. I don't know. I guess. Sure. <laughs> I guess. Uh, and what else? what else has he been doing, right? Yeah. You know, and uh, meanwhile, Nightwing, because his memory is fragmented, uh, Starro can't take its grip more effectively. And I'm like, what ifs? <laughs> yeah, like I, I could care less at this point. All right. <laughs> his name Steve. Was what was the name he went by what? when he lost it? Oh, Rick. Nightwing. Oh, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> Steve would have been better. <laughs> Steve Grayson would have been better than Rick Grayson. Rick. Or just Robin as his first name. Yeah, something like that. At like some point the rest the of the league just kind of wakes up. It wasn't it didn't take that long. Uh Star Starfire's like, what is Luther doing here? And I'm like, he's just around. Deal with it. He's just joining us now. He saved us. But it turns out that the entire land that they're on is one giant starro. And that motherfucker appears, which in an admittedly cool panel. I like this like panel where he's just emerging. It looks pretty nice. Um, yeah. Very treacherous. Meanwhile, Detective Chimp is still under Starro's spell. Uh, he's chilling with his dead homie, who's like in his brain. And then um, Nightwing wakes him up. He's like, no, my friend. Uh, they fuck off to this boat. Uh, he just apparently Lex has spent his time building a boat while he was on this in this turf. Of the dark multiverse, and he's like, I'm getting used to Jaro. Yeah, <laughs> And he's like, I call this the Lana. Lana Lang. Wait a minute, what is this thing even made out of? Because I see, because I see. Pe- oh, this looks like the Metal Man. Oh, it's a shit made out of the Metal Man. I didn't even peep that. Wow, I didn't peep that either. Oh, that's oh, sad. Oh wow, <laughs> that's really dope. It's it's only four of them. Isn't there another one? The other one's probably somewhere. Okay, wait. No, yeah, this is a. I, there's only a handful. Wow, of I didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't notice that either. Wow. Cool touch. I mean, I didn't even peep that the first time. That's sad though. They're just ships now. They don't. They seem to be not. I guess so. They seem to be not chill about it. I mean, they're they're not talking or nothing. Are they dead? Did he use their corpses? I think so. Yeah. Ugh, that is. I guess that's metal. Yeah, uh, man, they were built up in that forever, forever evil story, man. And the they Mad never Man? did anything with. Yeah, that. they did. They have like they have like a short series going on now that it's apparently not great, but I like the Metal Men. Oh, I think they're okay. cool. All right, so you know they're just like on the ship. Detective Chimp is depressed because like oh, you should have just left me in the land of the Valley of Starrows so I could be with my dead friend. Um, and Cyborg was like, "Hey, man, cheer, cheer up, buddy." Cheer up, little monkey friend. Uh, we're the Justice League. Nothing takes us down. He's like, we're not the Justice League. We're the Suicide Squad. Because Everybody's like, mm. No, that hurt our feelings. Perhaps. Thanks, dude. Um, yeah, Starfire's ever uh, positive. She's like, whatever. We'll die. We'll die. We'll go out swinging. Whatever, dude. It'll be fun. You know? All that stuff. Uh, so they got to take an alternate route around... Uh, the castle bat, I guess, so they can, because the Batman who laughs has plundered for everything, so they can't just like just pull up. They have to do it all covert style. And uh, as they get closer, Kendra starts to feel the magnitude of John John's loss. 
Yeah, net losing of his loss. <laughs> of his loss, for sure. And then, we know what happened. Yeah, so she's just like, I need to go now. Uh, I John Johns is waiting for me to save his ass. And Lex Luthor is like, we can't just we can't just split up like that. And then she just cracks him in the face. He says like something really petty. He's just like, no, that could just jeopardize the mission. The world has bigger con- concerns than you being in love. And then she just goes, crack! Punches him so hard that he goes the opposite direction of her fist. It's a weird drawn <laughs> It's a weirdly drawn panel. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a like a black dynamite actor scene. Yeah. <laughs> like unless she like bitch slapped him or something. I mean it doesn't because that would mean the arm was this way. Her arm is this way. She's punching him away. He just probably happened to be turned that or way. Or maybe still she like brought she pushed him on the scar side. Kind of like, That's what she did. Like a quick whoosh and then brought it back forward. <laughs> nah, dude, she put her weight. She put her back into this one. She punched the shit out of Lex, <laughs> and then she flies off. And then um, yeah, he took that though, man. He held, he held that down. Yeah, die. Isn't she like superhuman? Like I guess Lex yeah. retained some She's of his. Shane, Shane, the Yeah, I guess Lex retained some of his super durability from when he was fused with John Johns and had the apex powers. I don't know. Mm. I don't know, but she flies off, and they're like, "We'll get, I'll get John Johns, and then we'll uh, to help us against the Omega Knight." So, get to the throne and be ready. And uh, Nightwing's like, "We should go," and then Lex changes his mind. He just got knocked out. He's like, "No, no, no, let him go, let her go. She's good. She could go." Um, so she finds John Johns, and she's like, "John Johns, are you okay?" And uh, yeah, he's just basically like. John Johns' guilt has kept you from has kept him from fighting back, but you were first and foremost in her thoughts. And it turns out that John Johns is actually uh, Bat John Johns, uh, Batman, the, the oh, man hunter, big the, right there, yeah, mind hunter, mind hunter. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, the rest of the team just gets found out by the uh, by the Omega Giant guy so yeah you know the celestial guy yeah so you know come on we all know what it is this is their celestials right it doesn't really matter (laughs) i mean galactus is a celestial yeah but this is dc they don't have celestials yeah i know that's what i'm saying you know but yeah whatever it'd be that way so you know that didn't that that didn't work out great Uh, the omega knight just disintegrates the rest of the league so you know that's where the issue ends uh are they really dead? I don't know, but uh, mm, it kind of looked like it. Kind of like they getting shredded to pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure does. Um, but in any case, <laughs> that was Justice League. We'll see how it turns out. I'm. It's fun. It's fun to really knock John Johns around, but you know, this is an okay story so far. It's well drawn. I'll give him that too. I like the art. Um, but uh, with that, we move on to Dar- Dark Knight's Death Metal. Robin King. Yo, Chris, I know you've been waiting for this one. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't be less interested, honestly. I know you needed more. More Batman Edge. Oh, man. We get a ton of it. This, I got a paper cut <laughs> from reading this, and I read it on an iPad. <laughs> That's how edgy it is. <laughs> so... Just to recap, the Robin King is an alternate version of Bruce Wayne, who's like ten, and actively killed his parents, just to be a, uh, just because he's a dick. Uh, 
and the re- this essentially is his origin story continued. Uh, we get a two-page spread of all the bullshit, like, prep time shit he's collected to destroy the rest of the Justice League. Yeah. And a lot of this issue is him systematically walking through the league of his universe. He's 10 years old without powers, but he has all of their weaknesses just in his pockets. Yeah, around his belt. As he takes down... I mean, like, yeah, that's, that's Batman, right? I mean... Yeah, but, you know, he takes down Firestorm, he kills... Hans Why is Firestorm Hammer? always getting smoked in these stories, man? <laughs> He's always one of, him or Captain Adam. They're always one of the first yeah. to, to to die. Yeah, I guess it's because they're supposed to be such big deals in the first place. So it's did he kill two impact. flashes? Well, he kills. Well, the most important thing he kills Hans von Hammer and Steve Savage. So you know, he's, <laughs> yeah, man, come on. Yeah, he he literally. You, you can't just beat them. Like without being like without being on that that type of list, you know. Yeah, I'm one of them of most, yeah, most raw. Yeah, he took down Steve Savage, who has a biplane. He's goaded now. Uh, so he he just systematically kills one by one the league. He kills Hawkman and Hawk Girl. He he then proceeds. He chucks a spear at them, man. Yeah, it's so easy for him. Like he just uh, <laughs> he just picks them off one by one. Did he ever have the training? Did he, no, he's he a ten-year-old boy. No, right, he's just he a just, young boy. He just has the weaknesses of everybody in his pockets somehow, and uh, he's not even done. But that's when the Batman who laughs shows up and is like, "Hey, you want to be part of my plan?" And he's like, "Well, okay. he, he basically comes to save him before Superman and Wonder Woman come to destroy him." Oh, he would have sure made he it. Had weaknesses. Nah, he would have made I, it. I think that's what it was implied. He kind of no, because he has like it showed one of his things in his utility belt was uh, this thing made out of all of the shades of kryptonite. He was ready. He was gonna. He would probably just walk up to Superman and rip his nuts out. It would have been because that's, <laughs> that's just Edge. And then put him in his mouth. Yeah, just like really <laughs> fuck him up. <laughs> he dumped him. Uh. So yeah, Batman who laughs is like, well, you don't want to be around when Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman show up because they'll kill you. And Robin King's like, okay, I'll join your team. Um, if you say so. I think in the present time, he manages to kill Animal Man, Red Tornado, and Blue Beetle too. Like we cut back to the present time, he kills all three of them. Uh, that was a bummer. <laughs> he literally kills Blue Beetle with a Blue Beetle, I think. <laughs> he takes like a, a big... Yes. And this this actually happens, right? Like this yeah, this is in like, present. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm attitude about Animal Man, but yeah, I also yeah, it was, and I guess Blue Beetle too, man. I don't really care about Red Tbh, but <laughs> you shouldn't be able to kill any of them, really. But uh, we then get a little bit of a flashback. He's like, "Hey, you want to join my Groblin army?" And he's like. No, I want to be a free guy or something. I don't know what his deal is. He's just like, I don't want to be told what to do. I don't want rules to be put upon me. So Batman Who Laughs ends up tricking him into becoming one of the Groblins. And then at some point he reawakens him because, you know, the story wasn't edge enough. And yeah, he throws, we cut back to the present. Batman throws a batarang at it. He catches it and just flicks it back at Batman in the present time. (laughs) And, uh, then he just starts beating the shit out of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Yes. He was ready for that. Yeah, right. He, he, he was ready. And um, he got a ring. He got something for Batman, specifically, too, for other Batman. It was like the blood or something. 
Baron's just like, man, you, that's just a, Oh, that's yeah, just no, no, I remember what it was. That's just the stun on him. He pulls out, like, this brass ring, uh, like, these, <laughs> this, like, brass knuckles that has um, the uh, kryptonite on one, the pearl mm-hmm. of, bl- like, the pearl blood necklace from his mom on one, just because I guess that's Batman's weakness. You got to beat him with his mom's pearls. With his mom's pearls. <laughs> And the special wow. and the special diamond forged in the fires of Hephaestus for Wonder Woman, and then he just beats the shit out of him. Um, so yeah, and that's when Batman, who laughs, is like, "All right, I'm a big giant entity right now. I'm gonna just take you <laughs> and uh, plop you right here in this weird Robin world, and you could be their king. And you win." Uh, there- yeah, don't worry about it. I'm not betraying you, bro. No. You won. You good? Yeah, here, take your Robin planet. Uh, we get another choo, side choo, story. Choo. We get another side story featuring the signal. Uh, apparently, has light Pretty powers. Cool. I did like this part. It's basically them taking down um, a, a evil signal, I guess, from an alternate universe. Uh, it's yeah. him and the other sidekicks. They basically find this guy, and um, he has to use the powers of his light. I, I didn't know he had light powers, and I guess that's why they literally call him the signal. So. Yeah, that's really dope. Yeah, apparently he had he had darkness powers for a second because of. I mean, he he briefly mentions it. He but I guess he gets his light powers back, the mm-hmm. ones that we didn't know he had in the first place. From yeah, and uh, and yeah, you know they beat they save the day. They they beat, beat his ass. They beat this green, toxic ass. Well, he has a sword. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty, <laughs> pretty cool. dope. Um, I, uh, I did not like this issue. Uh, <laughs> I thought I, and I don't say that often. I mean, I try, I try not to say that I straight out don't like anything, but I don't know. This one was just like, I, I feel like I have an averse reaction to edge for the sake of edge. And, uh, I didn't really appreciate it's it. Cause you had to endure it from your brother for many years. It's so much. Why I'm exposed to it. Move? Brian would have loved this issue. But no. it's <laughs> yes. and I'm like, this is a little too much. There's too much shit no. going on. How do you, how could there be too much edge for someone that I don't I don't really like life. edgy shit like that all that much. Lies. You t- I, I actually but, uh... I actually hate Blair like he's looking better. No, this is not the event for you because that's pretty much what this event is. This it's is like... not the oh right. <laughs> this event is basically like because he's Batman. For forever, um, yeah. I mean, it's just like I feel like I'm watching this. Like a ton of heroes just die, and it doesn't really mean anything because the ones who die in our Ooh, I know you were sick about Animal Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they brought up the anti-life equation from the de- de- the deceased event that's going on right now. It's just not going to matter. Like, oh damn, he knew about that too. Holy shit. It's not going to matter because at the end of the day, this is all going to be undone and we're literally just like dropping characters for the sake of watching, so- like just establishing how cool the Robin King is. Yeah. And uh, I, I, you know what it is? It's just like a try hard thing where I'm just like, relax, we get it. I like the art a lot. The art's cool. It's stylized. And I think it makes fun. sense. I, I, they're really trying to establish this character, but you know, I, I I feel like comic books in general have been doing this recently where they're really just trying to force a character they think is going to be likable just because of how they made him. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because they think they know what the readers generally want. 
That's what this was. It seems like something that they made to appease people. Like, oh, yeah, they'll like this, and we'll insert him here and make him do all the cool things. Well, I it's probably that, but also I think— Oh, was, you know what's funny? What? Oh, go no. ahead. Finish your thought. I was thinking, like, thing. it was also just, like, the, the way they marketed this event. The whole time I'm just thinking— I'm just picturing Scott Snyder going, like, isn't this cool? And and metal? Isn't this uh, isn't this one of these or one of those? How about what you? Which is weird because you know New Fifty Two Batman was so awesome. Yeah. It's what happened? I'll say. I mean, here's the thing: is like, if you want, and it's not like I hate, like, ed, like Chainsaw Man is the gold standard for these edgy metal concepts that you want to pull off because like chainsaw man has like a weird deep emotional core to it <laughs> it's like got a fun story attached it's not just look how cool this robin king is as he slits the throat of firestorm you know it's he just totally bashed the braids in a firestorm isn't he awesome i just and it maimed your favorite heroes is yeah. that lit yeah it's just like you're trying I too know. hard bro you know it, you know, nobody likes the kid that tries too hard. You know, it's 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 annoying. But uh, yeah, well, I tell you this, I tell you, I tell you about who didn't try hard enough, I and mean, it was these Batman's. <laughs> so look, the, so the bat who last brings uh brings the uh, rapping king or whatever his name is into the um, I guess into his world, and he got a whole bunch of Batman that just kind of on a cross. Yeah, <laughs> like, crucified. <laughs> and he's like, oh, what's that about? And he's like, yeah, these are the ones that, you know, wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't edgy enough for this story. <laughs> they weren't metal. So I'll peg their soft asses down. Apocalypse is back there as well. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it, it's just annoying to read, you know. One of them is upside down. I'm dead. And it's a female. <laughs> it's a female bat. It's a bat woman. Yeesh. And she's upside, yikes. Yeah. yeah I thought that was a funny view, Yeah. But that's all I got to say about the Robin King. Fuck that kid. <laughs> I hate him. Um, are you guys ready to move on? Oh, yeah. It's time to randomize. Oh, oh shit! Black Clover. Uh, this is Black Clover Chapter 268, Devil. Uh, last we left off, Asta was like, "You're even though you're a devil, you're a good guy. And uh, we now descend into our uh, flashback where we see the demon world for the first time. Uh, apparently, there is a pecking order established in the demon world where if you have the weaker you are, the more they just beat the shit out of you all day, every day. Uh, if you're weak, if you have no magic, they'll just beat you up for fun. It's a real <laughs> shitty place, but, uh, you know, just because they're devils doesn't mean that they're necessarily bad people. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and this. De- devil in particular has been uh is is the very bottom of the rung because he has no magic so uh you know one of the one one day these demons were just fucking with him and they just threw him at the gate that separates them between uh the human world and their world devils with magic can't get through it so they assumed that he couldn't either somehow and they just chucked him over just to see if he would just like be smashed to pieces but he didn't Upon making contact to the wall, he ended up in the human world. And he was also not accepted there. So, you know, obviously, he's a devil, so everybody's like, a devil, ill, And um, they beat his ass, and he was just left for dead in the middle of the forest. When he wakes up, 
bandaged up uh, in the home of Lasita, who is Asta's mom. Asta's grandmother. A grandmother? You think? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Josh. Maybe that was a couple of generations back. Just a couple. No. Uh, so apparently Lasita's deal is that she, her magic is that she can drain mana and life from people. So because she doesn't seem to be able to control when to turn, like to turn this power off, she pretty much lives by herself outside of the village. Nobody wants to be near. Oh, so she's like rogue. Yeah, she's essentially rogue. And uh, the demon doesn't have any magic, so there's nothing to siphon on off of him because he's a devil. It seems like she can't take his life. So she's like, "Hey, why don't you stay with me and uh, and I'll raise you as my son." And um, yeah, we get these panels. We see that we see the time pass. You know, they're hanging out. They're ra- she, he's raising the, the kid, and uh, we get the little panel where she calls him not a bad guy, uh, and she gives him a name. His name is Lieb. Um, she's like, "Thanks, Lieb," and that's when Lieb starts to like shake, because he's being possessed by Lucifero, the, as far as we know, the strongest devil in the series to this point. Like, I guess main yeah. boss. Um. He's been looking for this kid, and he finally found him. He's like, whoa, I never believed that I'd see a devil in the human world without making a contract. Um, so he's like, what a fine. I'll use him to find to manifest my own body. You know, he's trying to use uh, Lieb to, you know, walk amongst the humans. And that's when Lucida, Lucida just grabs onto him, and he's like, get away from Lieb. And she starts to drain his magic because that's just her default power. So as yeah. she's... As she's draining his energy, uh, she gets a little... There's one panel where she leaves a basket behind in the church, and I think that's supposed to be Asta, obviously. Um, Which is very interesting, because obviously she gave Asta away because her powers would probably kill him. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's definitely his mom. Wow. Also, she could be the reason he has no magic. Because she drained it away. Oh, wow. Because she absorbed it all from him. Um. So yeah, and she recalls that moment, and she obviously expresses regret for, you know, because she had no choice, but she wished she didn't have to. So she's like, "This time, I'm not letting go." And that's when Lucifero just like impales her with his hand, and she's still holding. How could her. I have not put two and two together? Like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she gets impaled, but she's still not letting go, and she eventually drains all of Lucifero's power, which causes him to disperse. Uh, and she dies, but her last act is um, basically st- sealing his magic into the uh, Five Clover Grimoire that would eventually go to Asta. And um, now we cut back to the present time as uh, Lieb is thinking back on that. is like, I will never no. forgive them. Oh, wow. And he's like, I will, ki- I will steal your body to kill every devil out there, and uh, that's when the chapter ends. So, Asta, so this devil, so this devil is Asta's stepbrother. Yeah. Yes. Kind of. That's his. Sure. That's his bro. Um, this is Josh's really good issue. Uh, really good chapter. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. I'll tell you what. Wow. I don't think it's quite mine, but it is 
dangerously close. Uh, I really enjoyed this chapter. Makes sense. Um, it's it's funny. I think like the one problem with it, and it's kind of like a double edged sword with Tabata, the artist for Black Clover. He has a very direct and no bullshit style, and I probably, you know, it's it goes both ways where it's good where. I feel like this chapter. I I wish there were more to this flashback. You know what I mean? Like, I wish we could have seen a little bit more and really developed this relationship. I get what he's trying to do because he's very much like no fat. <laughs> you know, well, you get the idea. Right. <laughs> you get the idea. <laughs> yeah. They're um, brothers. The, the the devil's good. She and she she raised him, and you know they. He's they cool have with a the nine fox now. It's good. Yeah, so, I um, right. conquered his hollow within. I, I appreciate that sentiment because flashbacks are apparently the hardest thing to do in manga because they're either very long or very short. Um, I don't think I've seen anybody who's really nailed it. <laughs> Where, like, I finished a flashback that was like, that was the perfect length. But I wish we could have gotten a little bit more detail here. Um, although I get the point and it didn't really take away any points from me. And I guess it's, a, it's actually a compliment to Tabata that I wanted to see more of this relationship. But um, yeah, this was a great chapter. Um, kudos to Black Clover. It doesn't really get that much praise for me often, but often enough, their flashback chapters really make me happy. So <laughs> I'm very high on like their backstory. But uh, that's all I got to say. Do you guys want to move on? Or do you have any yeah. closing thoughts? Um, all right. Well said, Chris. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm buying time as I randomize. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was kind of like, oh man, yeah. look at his face. Look at the little devil. <laughs> the little devil. Yeah, great chapter. But um, the uh the issue, uh, the next issue of the randomizer is Venom, chapter uh, issue twenty nine, <clears throat> Venom Beyond Part Four. Uh, last we left off, uh. Eddie Brock was stuck in an alternate universe where Dylan becomes an agent of Null, it seems, uh, named Codex. He basically takes over the world. Uh, and we find out how that happens in the first couple, uh, first few pages of this issue. Uh, we start off with uh, Annie. I think that's her name? Yes. Yeah, she reveals that like she's pregnant to Peter Parker because she's the venom of this universe. And, uh, you know, she's basically like, I'll raise him. It's fine. Eddie killed himself in this universe, so she'll be a single parent. But you know what? She's got Venom to help him raise her, raise him. And we cut back. We cut to a few years later. Uh, you know, she's doing the thing. She's being good Venom. And then she shows back home from work uh, to find Dylan just drew the symbol of Null all over the place. And he is now the exorcist child. So yeah, she gets close to him for a second. But then in that instance, uh, Dylan steals the Venom symbiote multiplies it throughout the Marvel Universe and just infects every superhero, uh, ending up with him taking over the world with these small resistance force that we see now made up of Spider-Man, Deadpool, Annie's, etc., etc. So, yeah. Uh, she's basically traumatized at the sight of Dylan, like of our Dylan from the 616 Universe. Uh, but uh, before they can really reconcile with that, that's when Deadpool reappears and he's like, you guys got to run. They found, they tracked us to the spot. And uh, it turns out the scorpion venom guy shows up and starts attacking, you know? So they fight him off. Uh, Ven- uh, yeah, this weirdo. 
Yeah. That was built up to be somebody different. Like, yeah, it was somebody it was... interesting, but it was really just this other guy. Yeah. Um, but Dylan, like, one shot KOs him <laughs> with his because he is, like, uber powerful. Um, and uh, they find out it's Mac, uh, Mac Gargan. And they're about to kill him. And he's like, But you paralyzed me. That's why I'm fucking pissed at you. You took away my legs. I can't walk because of you. And you don't get to walk away from that. And then Eddie's like, you're right. That was a dick move. (laughs) Fair. I mean, he he was kind of being, I I don't know. I remember that situation pretty clear, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Because we got to read it in two different issues. Yeah, Scorpion's not uh, an innocent. He was wild. Yeah, he's not an innocent in this, but. No, not at all. But I guess sure, I get it. I guess not enough I like to it. permanently paralyze him, which is fair. As long as if it, 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 these are the steps that it takes to make Eddie Brock a good guy for, for good now, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's a small price to pay. Um, so he basically makes a deal um, with him. I don't know what his what Mac gets out of it, but he basically says, "Show me where Codex is, so our entire squad can pull up." And uh, that's where the issue ends. Uh, the next issue will be the final uh, Venom issue before King and Black starts, which is the event where they actually face Null, finally. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be the very end of uh, his devil, uh, his Venom run, but um, yeah, I'm excited for it to see how this all plays out. This is essentially a prelude for the King and Black that's coming soon. Uh, this was a pretty good issue um, in my eyes. And, uh, yeah, I don't really have much to say. Pick up Venom. It's so great. Um, anything else before we move on, guys? All right. Well, then it is time to randomize. Of the bitch! Dr. Stone. Uh, this is Dr. Stone, chapter 170. Uh, where is it? Damn you, chapter title. 170, staring up at the same moon. Um... We get a little bit of a recap of what just happened through Gen. He's like, wait a minute. You're telling me that while we're fleeing in this tiny fi- uh, tiny boat, Stanley and his full arsenal and comrades are going to pursue us with our own aircraft carrier? And they're like, yeah, pretty much. Um, but, you know, they're not worried. They got the power of science behind them. So <laughs> who's, who's ever worried? And they also have a spy. Um, they have Matsukage there. I think Matsukage. I think that's his name. Yeah. Uh so Mitsukage. yeah, Matsukage. Matsukage. Kaze, sorry. He's uh he's just basically their hostage. Uh he's he's wounded and um they think he's like done. So he just he, he's fine, so he just like scours the ship and he finds Gin there. Uh wait, what's his name? Ginro. Ginro. Yeah. He finds Ginro there. The irredeemable. Yeah, and Ginro's like you hid, so you, uh, Matsukaze is like, you hid here so you can find information on the enemy, yes? And Gernro's <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I did. Uh, so, you know, Gen- uh, Matsukaze is not doing great. Uh, he's like, I'll be your bodyguard, and he just collapsed because of the loss of blood. And uh, that's, as as the ship goes on forward, they seem to find him pretty fast, Uh they go to his room, he's moved, so they find him pretty immediately, and they start to interrogate Matsukaze. And Matsukaze is not a fan. He was like, you're going to have to do what you're going to have to do. 
put a bullet in my brain, whatever, because I'm not talking. And as he's yeah. about to get executed, Ginro sees this and and sings. He sings like a canary. Oh, sings like a bird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. He goes, tweet, tweet, South America, tweet, tweet. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they all just start to head towards South you, America. You, you ever, you ever, if you ever, if you ever had a cat in your house, <laughs> you know, you know, if you close your bedroom door and they want to come in, they'll start, start just start crying in front of it and singing the singing their song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, he he sang it to him. Yeah. So you know they're they're on their way, um, and meanwhile back on uh, Senku's ship, they're basically like. Maybe we could find another petrification device on, um, on in South America, and uh, that's when Zeno breaks in. Is like, so tell me, Senku, do you really believe it belongs to the one on the moon? Revealing that Zeno, of course, knows that this was all responsible by the person who was living on the moon and seemed to have triggered this entire event. The so, moon man. And uh, Zeno's like, you know what? We now that we have time, and I'm your prisoner, I'm not going nowhere. We might as well sit down and try to figure this whole thing out together with our science powers. And Senku's like. Okay, and uh, two page spread as they sit across from each other. Senku's in his like thinking pose, and uh, Zeno's like this very, guy's tied up. Yeah, <laughs> and he's tied up. He doesn't get to do his pose, um, and that's where the chat <laughs> ends. <laughs> um, I like it. I like all the equations in the background. It reminds me of the meme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're like <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to figure out something. Yeah. Like, oh. It's like that scene from Hangover where uh, he's counting cards in Vegas and all the equipment. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. Um, yeah, fun issue. Uh, I have a fun chapter. I'm glad that Zeno's not just being a dick on the ship and he's like, well, as long as we're together, we might as well f- try to figure shit out. Um, I appreciate it. But uh, good chapter. Ready to move on, boys? Yeah. It is time to randomize. He said, is this ice? <laughs> Dickhead, is it cold? Daredevil. Uh, this is Daredevil, issue 23. Uh, VGI. Yeah, I agree. Certified VGI. Last we left. Spider-Man's on the cover. I'm interested. Oh, it's great. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man's role in this run has been awesome, by the way, Brian. Like, yeah. you don't know. Very minimal, but incredibly. When effective. he shows up, it's often one of the best moments because he's very much an enforcer. Um, but in any case, we'll get into that when we get to it. Yeah, he reminds you that I, I was an Avenger, nigga. I put out the yeah. best of them. Yeah. I said, who, who, who do you think you is? I got no qualms about beating a blind man. <laughs> I'll do yeah. it. <laughs> No, all jokes aside, this is a pretty interesting one. Yeah. Last we left off, uh, Daredevil has finally decided to turn himself in for the crime of murdering, manslaughtering, I guess, um, a criminal. And uh, his counsel is Foggy and Kirsten McDuffie from the his love interest from two whole runs ago from uh, Mark Wade's run. Uh, very great run. I just suggest you pick it up as a side note. Uh, we get a little recap as to why she forgot, and Brian... Th- uh, let us know last last time we talked about it, but it's a little confirmed that yes, the the purple children uh, made the yeah. world forget who he was, and including who oh, the purple children. Ooh, <laughs> the purple children. That was some excellent writing. Yeah, very engaging. Super. Um, the purple children. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and Daredevil is vexed because he's like, man, this just hurts my heart. 
I know I can never be with her again. Um, so, yeah. The well, very... he, does, he, says, he says, yo, Foggy. Foggy's like, yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> and it jumped out the window and bounced. <laughs> That was petty as hell. You man. brought my girlfriend. You he can't really chase after you or nothing like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is just a guy with a tie on, right? Really and good lawyer. Normal shit. <laughs> the best lawyer. He can't use his lawyer skills. I don't think they teach that at the bar. Running through rooftops. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. like Josh said. He he gets tight that <laughs> he invited his ex girlfriend here, and he. Oh man, he was sick. He bounces, but he's like, "You need people. She's the best lawyer we know. Whatever, bro. You could be mad. I did what was right." And he knows it, too. He thinks about it. Like, we got a narration where he's like, yeah, I know. Foggy's right. But it still hurts. Uh, the sad boy Supreme over there. Uh, my girlfriend. I love her so much. Uh, he hangs out on a rooftop, and that's when Elektra is there. Uh, it's like, ah, oh, man. Not uh, this. <laughs> yeah, not he's this literally like, person. oh, God, the, no. <laughs> the last person I wanted to see. I'm already feeling blue about these. Yeah, I guess this like scene kind of suggest like offers uh it lets us it reminds us that Electra's still a prominent figure this arc and we'll probably see her again down the line. Um, he's like, remember she's still around. Um, so she's basically like, I need your help, and he's like, you stole so much money. You you tricked me into stealing so much money for you. Fuck off. And she's like, all right, later, bro. Uh, not before for she a big inf- deal for a plot that may happen down the line or in another book. <laughs> You'll see me later. I mean, the hand's been doing some weirdo shit as far as we've seen from that from the X book. So yeah, um, so we get a quick scene with Kirsten and Foggy talking about it, and she's like, "Where's Matt at?" And uh, Foggy's like, "Damn, I guess I can't avoid this. I got to figure something out." We then cut to uh, Kingpin in uh, their bank hideout with the rest of the uh, crim- the thug bosses of New York at- of Hell's Kitchen at the time. <laughs> Hammerhead survived. Uh, he's he's just there with a wrap around. He got shot in the head, uh, but he survived that because his head is apparently made of metal. Uh, so, you know, he's like, "You you wanted you're coming back to crime, Kingpin," and he's like, "No, I'm the mayor. I can't just come back to crime." But um, after he just bashes Hammerhead's skull in for being, I guess, uh, Hammerhead insubordinate. <laughs> uh. He's just like enough is enough. It's clear that you need a leader. Um, I would gladly fill that void because, but I'm the mayor, so you know. But uh, in in that stead, uh, I he basically installs Izzy Libris as the de facto big kingpin of Hell's Kitchen now. Like she's the new Hell's Kitchen, and she's basically his mouthpiece. Um, you are to treat her as I treat you. Treat me. If it were me, you know, <laughs> she's she's me now, and um. Yeah. Right as he's establishing this, the fucking safe doors just clean off their hinges, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, how strong is Daredevil? Right. <laughs> he blew it up. I thought maybe it's Spider because well, we see it later, but I think it's probably Spider Man that did that. Well, yes, it, since the surprise was yeah, is out sorry. the window. Yes, it was indeed Spider Man. <laughs> There's no way this guy <laughs> did no it. issue. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so basically, Daredevil's like. Yeah, no, I even from prison I'm going to make your lives a living hell. Um, you know, I'm watching and you know, I'm I'm not going to just let you guys do whatever you want. Even from prison I'm going to find a way to fuck you over. 
And so this no-name shorty really has the nerve to speak back to Daredevil. Like, I think that's liberous. Oh, you're going to be in jail. No, that's not easy. My bad. That's, yeah, that's just... That's, that's just some that's rando. Some rando lady. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah, and he's, he's like, yeah, well, you know, you don't gotta worry about me, but my boy up there, <laughs> speed he's me? gonna bash your fucking head. In. Yeah, he says like <laughs> it's not just me. So he has like, and there's Spider Man, chilling, posted up in the corner, just like, yeah, I'm here. He doesn't really need to be on those webs, right? Like he could just be on the ceiling. It's just cool. He's just letting them know, like, yeah, it's uh, for dramatic effect. <laughs> Remember me? Just so you guys know, I have webs. Remember the Avenger? <laughs> Yeah, now I know. Because this isn't necessarily my neck of the woods, but while Daredevil's gone, I'm going to be up here. It's pretty cool. And then he uses smoke bombs to escape with Spider-Man. Um, and Spider-Man's like, well, I tried to be dark and menacing, so. <laughs> and he's like, no, you did it. Thanks, bro. And uh, they kind of talk about it as uh, this is pretty much the last time they'll see each other as Daredevil is likely going to jail. Uh, it's revealed that like the reason that Spider-Man has been writing him so hard about uh, this manslaughter charge is because apparently in Spider-Man versus Wolverine number one, uh, Spider-Man accidentally killed a person. Uh, I didn't know this about him, and he was just kind of yeah, taking. I didn't know that either. He was just taking out this kind of guilt on Daredevil because he felt guilty within himself because he did it and he didn't really suffer any consequences. So I guess he's just like throwing that insecurity on him. And uh, Daredevil's like, I understand, boy. And he gives him a hug. Sweet little moment between them. And they spend the rest of the night just yeah, talking. Yeah, it was really dope. They just spend the rest of the night talking about their fears and things they've done and, like, their regrets. You know, it's a really cathartic moment for both of them. Uh, it's very cool because these characters are obviously very close together. You know, they work in the same city. And uh, it's, yeah, really, right. it's really cool. Probably a lot of the same area. Yeah, Daredevil says something. He's like, uh, I need all the people I can get. I should I should thank God and feel blessed that he's given me the best people. And I'm like, aw. Daredevil. Matt, Matt Murdock. Um, but uh, in any case, Daredevil enters uh, the uh, Foggy's law- lawyer's office. And uh, Kirsten's there. But she's like, you're late. But now that you're here, it's time for all of us to uh, to get together. Because Matt Murdock is on board. And there's just a whole guy just disguised. <laughs> As Matt Murdock in the other room, just because he says, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> 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 oh man, uh, man, such a funny oh, this this run is so good. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> you can see you can see that that was the expression like, "Yeah, I'm gonna lose. <laughs> I'm gonna lose this case and be in prison for a long time." Mm-hmm. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we say it every time it comes on. If you're not reading it, you're missing out. This is a very fun, very interesting and, and uh, philosophical run of Daredevil. Highly recommended. And the art's awesome. This is the perfect way to do a solo, like a, not solo. What do you, this is, a solo is there series. a name for a series that's really contained within it? I guess most of these series are contained within themselves. It's just that Daredevil never is a part of any of the yeah, events. No, you know what self, I'm saying? It's a self-contained so, story that doesn't really. Yeah, but they do the up. crossover stuff well. Like. Yeah. Got Hammerhead, right? You got Spider Man, and I guess they had a few other people. Yeah. I forget. But you get the point. They don't. They do it well enough. Yeah. Um. Great. Super awesome. Uh. You guys ready to move on? Yeah. 
It is time to randomize. <laughs> Dragon Ball Super. Well, we're here. Uh, this is the apparently controversial Dragon Ball Super Chapter sixty five. Son Goku, the Earthling. Um, when you say when, when you say apparently controversial, like you mean between us or the rest of the has, world seems to hate this chapter with a passion. Well, I understand. <laughs> I guess I guess I'll wait. I'll let you get through the chapter. I'm not gonna say a damn thing. Yeah, I, I'm chapter. gonna I'm gonna keep keep myself uh tame last we left off goku uh beat the flying fuck out of moro using the ultra instinct sign uh he's and he's basically begging no this isn't sign anymore oh it's not right sorry it looks like it's mastered ultra yeah master whatever the fuck he calls it and uh he's and moro's just on the ground begging for him to just um to for him to spare him and, uh, he reduces a mountain to, to sand with a blast. I thought that was pretty... Uh, that was pretty lit. Pretty, pretty lit. That's all, all right, I'll say that. Yeah, and uh, that's when... Um, yeah, he, he reduces the mountain to ash. Moro gets up, and uh, <laughs> Goku just pulls up next to Krillin and is like, hey, give me, a sensu- give me the bag of sensu beans. And you know what time it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, <laughs> you already know. Oh man! So Goku just appears in front of Moro, and he's like, "If I spare you, will you go back to the galactic prison and never break out again?" And Moro's Moro's face, he's like, "What? Y- yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Whatever you say, I'll do all of that, bro." Uh, yeah, he flicks him a sensor. And what might this be? <laughs> he's like, "What is this?" What's this? What's this? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's uh, Krillin. Krillin should know better by now, but he's still like, "What? What's happening?" <laughs> Krillin should know what time it is more than anybody. This is his best friend. And uh, Goku's like, "It's a sensu bean, and it'll heal you completely." And uh, he takes the sensu bean. His horn grows back. Everything just comes <laughs> back. Uh, he just returns. He's like, "Nice, I'm back. I'm not going nowhere." <laughs> he just immediately like, fuck you. And then he uh, just tries to just imp- impale Goku again, but he breaks his hand on his chest. Oof. Uh, he stabs. Yeah, it's it's really bad. He just like goes like, bah! son of a bitch. And uh, it's not great. <laughs> um. So yeah, Goku's like, you're just a sneaky coward. And he just turns back to regular. And he's like, have you ever trained? And Moro's like, no, I'm just all powerful. Training is a crutch for the weak. And uh, Goku's like, well, you know, if you were a, if you were a nicer person, I would have spared you and just kept fighting you forever, like I did with Broly. You know how I do. That's how I operate. And and Frieza. Hey, man, it would have been lit, bro. We could have. <laughs> yeah, I could have just fist fought you to the end of time. So I even wish for my enemy to come back and just be a. Yeah, my young man that my, would only want to fight me and improve. My friendships rely That's what on my, I wish for. My friendships <laughs> rely upon my ability to constantly beat the shit out of my friends. Uh it's not it's it's a fun time. Uh so he's like so Jocko's like, can you please just do the thing? And he's like, I will. Give me a second. I want to talk to him. And <laughs> Moro's like, damn it. 
Ah, I lost. And <laughs> he's so mad. And Goku's like, "All right, I'm gonna ask you one more time. Will you go quietly to the prison or not?" And then Moro peeps his hand with the crystal thing that he uses to steal people's powers, just chilling in the in amidst the lava. <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Is that what that is? Lava? Yeah, char? I don't know. One right. of the things. We'll, we'll we'll say lava. Yeah. And uh, Moro's right. like, "Whoa, nice." And uh, <laughs> Goku's like, which is it? I need an answer. And Moro's like, I'm not going back to jail. I'm not going back to jail. And uh, <laughs> Goku's just like, all right, I guess I'll have to go Ultra Instinct and kill you now. Uh, and he just distracts him with talk. He pulls like what they do for villains. He does it to Goku and has it just keeps him talking. And then yeah. he telepathically, rem- he remembers that, oh, that's the hand I touched Merus with. And then he telepathically brings back that hand that has Maros's powers, just grafts it onto himself. As Goku's just sitting there, proving that he's fast enough to get there before he even reattaches that hand. He's done it before, but he lets him do it. And then now Moro has the power of Ultra Instinct himself. Uh, so he's like, cool. It's probably more than Ultra Instinct, yeah, honestly, because it's like power, so... That's beyond even gods. Yeah. So they're about to clash, and Weiss is like, "Whoa, I gotta get you guys out of here. I know what's. I know what time it is." See, yeah, I know what time it is. Yeah. Their punch is so hard that they just like create a crater in the earth, and Goku's like, "Oh shit. Well, I guess I gotta take this away from the planet." And Moro's like, "Fuck out of here!" And he just keeps fighting him in the air. Um, they fight for a while. It's just like them traveling the earth, fighting in the air, and um. At a certain point, Marus's powers just start to backfire on him. It's too much power for his body to contain. Uh, and Goku takes advantage of that, starts to beat him up. And he's like, Moro, you shouldn't have done that. You're going to blow up now like Cell. You're basically, <laughs> you've been Cell the entire time. <laughs> I even gave you a sense of being like, I gave Cell that one time. You look like Cell. One time. You're Cell. You are Cell. This is me trying to get this back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, at some point, Moro's like, I require a body that can endure this power. And then he just fuses with the Earth. And now Moro is the Earth. It's Moro's Earth, and we're just living on it. <laughs> and uh, it, my, it, it is some funny panels where Moro's head just emerges from the ground, and Goku's like, the fuck? <laughs> yeah. This is the most the fuck I've seen Goku, where he's just like, "What? what's happening? Uh, he manages to blast Goku some, but it didn't really do anything. But Goku's just still like, shit. And um, Krillin's like, well, wait. Damn. <laughs> Krillin's like, what the fuck is happening? And Whis is like, well, he done fused with the earth. So if he dies, so does the earth. And, you know, we're now we're on a timer because Moro, even the earth can't take Maros' power. So... Eventually, it's just going to self-destruct on its own. Hmm. I wonder who's going to be able to stop this from happening. Hmm. Hmm. It's almost like there's a guy who could literally just flick him on the forehead and he would separate from the Earth. Who could possibly do that? Oh, the diffusion stuff? The uh... Yes. This whole arc would have been over like 20 chapters ago if he would. I don't know why he keeps complicating it. Just let Vegeta win without this stupid nonsense. <laughs> like, this looks so <laughs> fucking stupid. 
Like, we know that Vegeta's gonna save the day. Just fucking do it in a cool way, at least. This looks so fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. What was stupid? <laughs> what was. What I'm sure everybody else had an issue with was that <laughs> he won. They had him. And now, all of this. I'm gonna tell you this right now. Regardless of what they do for Vegeta in the next chapter or for whatever chapter comes, eventually, um, he's not going to deserve it. He lost. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's not looking good. I. It's funny. This is the first time where it, I feel like a, a number of circumstances have changed my opinion on this in a weird way. Uh, as I've scoured the internet, I've I've been watching a few videos of certain things, not like of an analysis of this chapter. I tend not to let other people's opinions really influence me, but I have seen that everybody hated this chapter. And for uh, the first time I read it, I was like, yeah, I had the same thoughts as everybody. I was just like, yeah, this is just kind of like the same thing they do all the time. They let him just get stronger. And, you know, they, they make, they make it not naturally harder on themselves. You know, like like it's not 1995 anymore. Yeah, what what's going on? We've been stopped that style of storytelling. Yeah, and this, this is literally for the people that say they're anime fans, but then just watch Dragon Ball Z growing up. Yeah, and like I don't know, I guess Code Yoko and Totally Spies because that came on at the same time <laughs> as well on Maguzi. Hey man, yeah, yeah, I remember Maguzi. That we was have tsunami. tsunami. They cut that shit off, and then they brought. Mag- I remember Maguzi. I do. I also remember. That's what that's what Dragon Ball Super is for. All of those fucking. It's for Maguzi kids. For Maguzi kids, yeah, <laughs> and Brian. I'll say this: hope will 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 shine through any darkness. Believe it or not, you're the edge lord, but your hope shines harder than most. It's true. It's weird. You'd be a blue lantern and offer the hope of Dragon Ball Super itself. <laughs> I'll say probably be one of the strongest in the core. I'll say this. Um, I I watched this video by uh, this guy named Totally Not Mark. Uh, I've been watching his videos because he's doing like a blind whole review of uh, of One Piece. Like he's never read it, and he's just like reading everything for the first time. It's a it's a very fun video series. Uh, it got me like reminiscent of the first time I read One Piece. It's very good. But he he used to do like just Dragon Ball content, uh, and he talk he has this whole video about Goku. Uh, and I think that's like, I felt like it was destiny that I watched this video before I read this chapter. Because <laughs> I, he, he explains why Goku doesn't really evolve. And, you know, this is a paraphrase because I don't want to steal like what he said. But he also um, references this, uh, this storytelling concept called the flat character arc. And the more I thought about it, the more like a lot of shonen protagonists have this. It's. Not necessarily yeah. a character that Asta's one of them. Asta's one of them. Luffy is actually Luffy. Luffy. Yeah. Um, the concept is that the character doesn't really evolve or change at the time, but the character influences the world around him. And that's mm-hmm. Goku was kind of like that character for Shonen in general. Um, There's just maybe, you know you you see it in almost every Shonen character. There's only there's more modern iterations of it too, where they're a little bit more susceptible, mm-hmm. I guess, to, to people to their surroundings than they, you know, like 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 uh, like Midoriya, right? Right. Um, he he's learning a lot about 
you know, the world around him, you know what I'm saying? And, and his classmates and he's, you know, added skills to himself. But he's still kind of who he is. And that's, that affects characters one way or the other, whether that's well, for a positive and taking a liking towards him for, for heroes and villains alike, like his classmates are like uh, the magician guy that he fought in the construction site. Remember that? Right, what was right. his name? Um, one shot. Gen- gentle, gentle criminal? Gentle, oh, gentle leader. Gentle, gentle criminal. criminal. Um, gentle criminal, I'm dead. But, yeah, uh, where he or and or like the like the bad guys like Shigaraki who just hate him for how he for his outlook. So yeah, you still see that. Yeah. Well here's where yeah. I was going with that, is that if you remember a few chapters ago, Goku had a talk with Marus as to why he doesn't kill anybody. And the reason is that like Goku's like, Yeah, well, you know, I don't kill anybody because the essentially it boils down to mercy is this is the luxury of the strong so basically mm. he keeps people alive because he is very secure in his strength that he'll if they act up again you know if they don't take this chance of redemption he will be able to put them back in his place that he will continue to work to test himself and become stronger and take them down if they ever strike again and i feel like this chapter and maybe i'm giving it too much credit is finally the biggest challenge to that concept is like Goku fucks up, like he does his usual mercy spiel, and it fucks up in the worst way possible. And it's not that these circumstances can't be reversed, and it's not that, you know, this is a permanent thing that's going to happen to the Earth, and if he destroys the Earth, that's it. No one's going to save it, because, you know, it's obviously not going to go that way. But that idea will linger in Goku's head. And that's, I guess, it what... Should. I'm trying to glean from this and try because I, I see everybody's negativity about it. And I'm like, okay, I'd like to see if I can find a different way to see this. And I hope that's where it goes. We've given that's Dragon Ball, man. <laughs> we've given Dragon Ball too much credit before, uh, but yeah, but that's how I see I mean, it. Maybe it will, but still like, I just feel like this all could have been <laughs> yeah. done a lot. I agree. I mean, Moro could have been, and well, what's his name? Moro. Moro could have been a villain that isn't like because right now it doesn't feel like anything that he's doing now anymore is actually like impactful. Like it just feels like he fodder. He's like a fodder villain now. But to be fair, that's kind of how Dragon Ball's been forever now. Like the problem with the Dragon Balls is that they kind of take away stakes. So not all really. The, the recent arcs before this one actually had like villains that felt like they were sure. like you had to earn your victory, right? Sure. But it's just the, I think the reason why people feel shit about this chapter is because it's he's a big step back from all the villains that we've had in Dragon Ball Super. Oh, like, I'm not def- huge. I'm not super defending this at all. <laughs> uh, I although I gleaned this meaning from it. It was sloppily executed. Um, it didn't reach this place into a natural. It's obviously very forced. Uh, it, you know, they may, they do the thing where they can kind of just make things harder on themselves because that's how things usually go in Dragon Ball. It's repetitive, you know. And Dragon Ball Super has thrived on their repetitiveness. Like, there's many nods. Like Dragon Ball Super is a work of nostalgia for the most part. It constantly harkens back to like what they did in Z. It, like you know tournament arcs with frieza himself broly yeah it's basically dragon ball's greatest hits remixed so it's just 
I'm not so phased by that. I, but I do agree it was sloppily made, and that's probably the biggest problem. That's the biggest strike against it. If they could have just figured out a way to bring it to the circumstance in a natural way instead of, but in in a way that's kind of like the point, you know, is that the Goku's like whole. It's it's the basic challenge of Goku's whole philosophy of giving people sensu beans all the time. So, uh, hopefully, this is a lesson. In him is like you can't just be doing that, <laughs> Goku. Jesus. Well, the last time it was it was Vegeta who did it. He did. Did Vegeta do it for self? Probably. Or no, Goku Majin did it for self. Goku did it for self for sure. Uh, yeah. And but I'm, yeah, six chapters that come and down. Then he gave he, he, he gave the sense of being to Vegeta because he was like, "Listen, cut out the bullshit. Let's go." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And remember, yeah. he got karate chopped. And he said, "No, I'm gonna handle this myself." Yeah, and I wouldn't have thought about it if I didn't remember that Goku was. Goku spoke with Merus about this. Like, this was kind of built up that Goku was challenging. Goku's being challenged right now on what his biggest philosophy is in regards to dealing with his enemies. That, 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 that perspective, I think it's important that you found that and that you presented that because honestly, man, I was really looking at this. Like, I mean, I, I y'all already know I don't have a high opinion of it, but I, I mean, yeah. I was I mean, thinking this was complete garbage. Like, what is going on? Come yeah, on, man. I'm just... Uh, you, there's no reason to do this, to continue the story. Like, who, I, what's going on? This yeah. is like Power Rangers or something. Yeah. I'm just taking desperate shots in the dark because, I don't know. I like to, no, that's I like why, to but, see what's but up. I think that's a good point. And you know what? I guess we'll see. It, 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 if if there is some, some type of point to you made after this is said and done towards that part of Goku so. and him changing... That would be really dope. That's what we need to see. I think that's appropriate because they ended the series with him being the way he is, and they brought it back for what? For more of the same? I mean, yeah, I know they did it for the you know definitely making money doing that, giving us more of what we want. But come on, his, for his pride as an author, you know, as a writer, as for for his project, you know, you well, you want to see growth, yeah? Don't you? Don't I you want to? I don't care. I, I actually like the flat character arc dynamic. I'm fine with it. Dragon Ball isn't the best execution well, of it, but I, I can respect it for what it is, you know, within the series. But mm-hmm. you know, this is a brand new series for what you know. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a continuation. Well, it's it's a very much it a, is man. It's very it much is. a West idea. Like I think the flat character arc is not really uh, smiled upon in America, really, because every story that is made in America or at least like Western countries, it's about, you know, positive or negative character arcs. Whereas you see a lot of manga, you know, a lot of stories from the East, they also have that middle line where characters bring their truth to the world. And, you know, that brought us one piece, honestly. So I'm not mad at it. I'm actually very fascinated by that arc when it's done well. I feel like one piece does it better. Oh, one piece is the supreme. It's, it's the supreme standard of it. It's more story oriented than much better. Like Oda, uh, Oda perfected that art, that uh, theory of storytelling, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but I don't know. It's the way everything else around him transforms yeah. and it's affected. Yeah, it's the ripples. Yeah, I can see what they're going for, but again, execution is not great. Uh, I guess that's the long and short of it. <laughs> At the end, yeah, just. just- Chapter Vegeta's gonna come in, smack him across the face, and he's not fused with the earth anymore. I'm okay with that. Just literally, it's just, it's I'm just fine like 
they're going so far. Like, like it, they could have made it so simple, so sweet. Everybody would have fucking loved it if Vegeta just finished this arc for us so well, we can move on. <laughs> well, they had to get it to this point so they can do this character arc for Goku. And then, honestly, I think Vegeta just coming in and slapping the shit out of him is a better conclusion than Goku figuring it out right now. Because if Goku no, it like is frozen like and it fuck, made, it would make Brian right. Because I was, I mean, Brian, I you still have time to talk mad. Shit you still have time. You made that point, and I was like, oh, all right, all right. You still have time, Brian. Dude, Dude I knew. It. I think that's what's gonna happen. No, 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 you did not. Yes, I did. We all thought that this was about to be all about Goku. Oh, yeah, I did it. I didn't. I knew this whole time that Vegeta is literally the trump card to this. He literally just has to fucking flick him, and he hey hey <laughs> guys, time will tell. <laughs> literally the whole thing. Di- time will tell. But then what happened to Vegeta then? He just didn't touch him. <laughs> he literally just didn't touch him. That that's what happened. Is that he snapped him a bit, and he's like, "All right, I guess I'll go eat my friends, and then get a super <laughs> fucking pop." That doesn't right. let you touch me anymore. All right, we got we're we're about to go into a circular argument. We'll see. And Brian, if you're wrong, we will make you answer for it. But I won't be wrong. I'm very confident that Vegeta's <laughs> gonna slap this guy. Oh man, we have. I'm so glad we have all this on tape. All right, it is time to randomize. Batman. Uh, this is Batman issue 101. After the laughter. Uh. Hmm. I, I read this part and I was like, oh no, Josh is going to be so sad. Uh, it starts off with Bruce kind of reminiscing on what he used to be, what Batman used to mean. Uh, he's talking to Catwoman right now. And uh, Batman's like, I have to be a different kind of Batman, Catwoman. And Catwoman's like, mm, okay, does this mean... It's like, not forever. Well, so it's essentially, Batman and Catwoman are breaking up for a year. I get, I'm taking a break because Batman has to figure some shit out. And Catwoman also has to figure some shit out because she's made some enemies in the Joker War. So, you know, time skip, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so at some point uh, a week ago, Batman goes to visit Lucius Fox, who is being protected by the Grifter. Um, he is, uh, Josh, for, for reference, uh, wild, he's a Wildstorm character from an imprint of DC, but has been integrated into the DC universe like... Uh, Swamp Thing, like Constantine, like uh, the characters of Vertigo. Uh, yeah. So you and know. Grip is is again just another one of those really awesome, super dope characters. Yeah, the mercenary guy. I don't know much about him, but I just know where he comes from. Oh come on, man! You know what? I'm he. I'm not even going through the theatrics. I know what time it is. He's a nobody. I like his cool. I'm I like his design. I think his design's cool. Um. But yeah, he basically goes up to Lucius is like, Lucius is like, you got to understand why I hired a bodyguard. Um, and Batman's like, yeah, yeah you're fine. Uh, it's cool. Uh, and they're explaining that, uh, you know, the clown hunter's still out there. Joker's still out there. A new mayor is trying to take the place of the old mayor. A lot of a lot is changing in Gotham, you know. And uh, finally, the biggest bombshell drops. Uh, Bruce Wayne has been ousted from Wayne Enterprises, leaving Lucius Fox the uh the head of it he's in charge and batman doesn't have much money left uh bruce is broke not broke not broke they bought him nah that nigga's broke for all intents and purposes he went from having billions and billions to and he got like 700 in his account right now (laughs) 
Yeah, he's he's, he's getting broke, uh yeah. he's getting a severance package for the most part. Like they're paying him to they bought him out. They bought him out of his own company. And uh essentially the biggest change to Batman right now is that he's just going to have to be Batman on a budget. Uh he's like you're not going to have all the fancy cars, you're not going to have all of the cool gadgets. If you're going to be Batman now, you got to figure out how to do it without all your riches. Which is uh, an interesting prospect. I mean, it's like James Tinian like hurt, watched all these memes that have just been floating around recently where everybody's just roasting Batman for just being a rich guy. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to make him poorer than he used to be. Um, so, yeah. Batman's on a Batman's uh, not going to be as batman I guess. He's not going to be able to come up with the correct gadget at the right time. He's just going to have to rely on his wits and a few gadgets. Yeah, in his uh, brownstone apartment. Yeah, in his brownstone apartment. Which I don't know how the hell he's going to pay for without millions of dollars. In the US. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, he owns it, so I don't know. He could probably just sustain it on the money that he's getting now from his company, from, from the buyout. Um, so as he's walking out, he comes across the grifter again, and he's like, tell your boss, I want you to send a message to your boss, and grifter's like, you just talk to him. He's like, no, tell him I know what Halo is. And uh, Grifter's got another boss, and I guess he's going to be more important down the line. We're going to see Grifter again. Um, we get the little scene where Batman breaks up with Catwoman temporarily, not in a vicious way. They're just taking a break, and the chapter ends with the issue ends with them being like, "So let's go to that brownstone and fur." And uh, that's where the issue ends. Um, I mean, I'm not super sad. Yeah, I mean, you They'll know. They'll be back. Well, the first few pages, I was like, oh, no, what are they going to do? <laughs> I didn't know yet. It took a while for them to be like one year. But uh, I was like, oh, no, are they going to come up with a reason to tear them apart forever again? Oh, man, I was so upset. I thought they were going to go to separate ways. Man. Yeah. But... <laughs> Josh is very invested in Catwoman and Batman. <laughs> uh, you know, because the Tom King's writing was really good up until like he up until the very end. It was weird. <laughs> it's hard to end in a run. Um, yeah. But in any case, it's like he gave us the twist and then didn't know what the fuck to do with it. (laughs) He's like, oh man, I guess, uh, I guess that's it. That's what I really wanted to do with this whole series. And now I guess I got to finish it. Maybe I'll make it epic and kill this guy. It's funny. I listened to him. He, I went to Comic-Con last year before the end Mm -hmm. times. And, uh, he was there. I watched him speak for like 10 minutes about Batman. It was before like city of Bane, I believe. And he looked just tired. I think the guy's writing like multiple series. He's writing this. He he wrote Batman. He was writing. Um, he wrote Mister Miracle. He's writing Strange Adventures, and he's also writing a Rorschach series right now. Uh, he's a tired man. Wow. So he and he was writing Heroes in Crisis at the time. Uh, he was writing a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. But uh, yeah. In any case, that was a uh, Batman. Uh, very interesting. I mean, the concept of Batman not having all of the money. I kind of want to just show to people now because I have seen a lot of memes of just there is a very funny thread like on Twitter just where everybody's ripping on Batman for just his power being a rich white guy. So now he has the power of being a slightly less rich white guy. (laughs) and uh, We'll have to see how it goes. Um, How bare bones he's going to be. Yeah, how how bare bones he's going to be. I don't know. He's going to be living in Gotham uh, for the first time, like not in the manor. it's an interesting concept. I don't think it's been done before, I think. So, I mean, we'll Google it. 
down the line or something mm. and come back to you on that. But I don't think uh, we've seen it. But um, excited to see it. Uh, you guys are ready to move on? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's time. Chainsaw Man. Oh, mama. Oh, yeah. This is Chainsaw Man, chapter 89. Uh, go chainsaw man get go get him chainsaw man uh we open with kobeni still on dance dance revolution uh and she's just finished <laughs> she just finished playing the game she looks behind her and chainsaw man is just sitting just knees up just looking at her watching and she's like why am i dancing and i'm like do you not know why you were dancing i'm confused and then they both look up and makima is just sitting up there cocky as all hell just like Including that death a few minutes ago. you I've been killed by you a total of 26 times now. Why haven't you eaten me? And that's an interesting <laughs> question. But, um, yeah. It is a good question. All of a sudden, the guy that Chainsaw Man killed earlier is risen up by Makima and her chains. And she's like, but this, it's settled. And then all of a sudden, Chainsaw Man just starts to, like, vomit up blood. Kobani's like, what? <laughs> she's her expressions are like a lot. Uh, and um, Makima, as Makima is explaining about like why she loves humans and why they love her, we see all across Japan or the world, we see the world just praising Chainsaw Man because, you know, there's stories of him being a hero and saving them from the doll devil, or the darkness devil, and from the gun devil, the bomb devil, all that stuff. And as this is happening, Chainsaw Man just starts to bleed out more and more. Uh, he says that the devil's fear gave you power, and I have the humans eating that right now. How does it feel to be beat, to be eaten yourself? And then she uses the power of the angel devil to just drive a spear towards Kobeni because he knows, like, at this point, you're probably still strong enough to survive this, but she won't. And that's when Chainsaw mm -hmm. Man just gets in Kobeni's way, takes that spear, and collapses, uh, seemingly dead. And um, Makima just looks down at him like, ah, as everybody celebrates Chainsaw Man. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a flip. What a flip, man. He went from <laughs> annihilating the strongest people we've seen. To just dying. Seen at this point, sudden. right? To, yeah, to just getting murked. I had to read this a couple of times because I'm like, wait, what? But... It seems that it made sense. Yeah, it seems that Chainsaw Man thrives off fear, uh, and the reason he's so fucking strong, and I get, and what I suppose is the reason he goes saves people, like he responds to save me, is that that's where the most fear is. So he not only thrives off the fear of the devils he kills, he thrives off the feel, fear of the things he saves, whether it's people or uh, or devils, and then he kills them thus continuing his fear absorption i guess that's the best way i could put it um yeah i mean that's pretty sick i don't know where this is going i mean i don't know what to say <laughs> really i'm just like what the fuck is gonna happen now i can't even chainsaw man i feel like i can't even theorize to a point but um i'm still in it i'm still a huge fan of this series uh i feel like it's uh crescendoing into a pretty good pretty good end uh short sweet <laughs> i don't have many thoughts i'm just like this is awesome uh anything else yeah. anything you guys want to add i, I feel exactly the oh, same man. way 
we'll have to wait to the next chapter, I guess, to see how this pays out. And I feel like I say that every week because the Chainsaw Man's sequence and the way they pace things is literally like, well, I can't say anything about that without knowing what happens next. You know, it's just, I can't even really figure it out. Um, but it's interesting mechanic, I guess. I guess that's what made Pochita so weak in hell. Maybe the devils just weren't mm. afraid of him and he disappeared because he was like just weak to a point and that's what made him Pochita. But I don't know. That's my theory. Ready to randomize, guys? Year. Yeah. All right. It's time to randomize. Oh, good. One Piece. Uh, oh, yeah. This is One Piece chapter 992. Certified RGC, I guess. That's mine too. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. Certified RGC. This is our certified really Someone's good chapter. Lying. You're lying. It's my RGC, bro. Oh, Brian. <laughs> I mean, all right, Brian. It's your really good chapter of the week. But um, this is One Piece chapter 992, Remnant. Um, we start off with... Uh, Big Mom meeting up with Perospero outside of uh, Onigashima. And she's basically like, Kaido's Alliance was my idea. You don't need to wild out right now. And Perospero's like, oh, all right. <laughs> and that's when Marco's like, oh, I see. I guess in, case, in that case, despite your invitation to work together, it seems our mutual goal of vanquishing the ogre Kaido, Kaido is no more Perospero. And Perospero's mm. like, yep. <laughs> if Mom wants to be on his team, we're on his team too. And Marco's not afraid. Marco's not worried. Like, first of all, Big Mom's like, "Are you sure you want to be here right now?" You know, all these, all the Whitebeard's remnants have lost their way. You know, why are you helping these whippersnappers out? It's like, yeah, Whitebeard can't tell us what to do right now. He's dead. Big Mom's like, "Oh yeah, dead men give no orders." So you know, I'm acting <laughs> on my own accord. I'm here because, oh, I think it's in reference because, like, back in the Marine Ford War, Whitebeard said, "Backup straw hat at all costs." And Marco's just affirming is like, yeah, I'm not here because of Whitebeard. I'm doing this because I want to be on his side. Um, cool little callback. Um, meanwhile, all the chaos is still happening in the uh, the banquet hall as Black Maria starts singing a song to this harem of women that are just listening as the battle enrages. Um, we then cut to uh, Kaido's battle with the uh, Ayakaza 9. And man... I can't wait to see this in the anime. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, and this might be a movie in of itself. Yeah, the studio that's style. animating One Piece right now is the same people who made the Dragon Ball Super Broly movie, so the animation has been clean. So yeah, I'm really, really excited to see what they do with this. So we get to see like a few of their cool powers. Like first of all, the the minks, the mink captains show up, like fucking. Uh, Neko, uh, the fucking cat viper guy, he just, like, knocks him up, knocks Kaido upward. The Kappa guy does, like, River of the Sea, big-ass slash around the world. Looks like Saturn slash. It's pretty cool. Um, dog, the dog storm seems to have a, a sword for a leg. A pretty sick. Uh, but I think the coolest is probably, like, Raizo. We finally get to see his ninja powers at work. He summons a scroll. Yeah. And his scroll can just absorb powers and bounce them back to you. So he absorbs Kaido's black blast breath in in, in its entirety, which is absurdly like a strong blast. And then he wraps Kaido in the scroll and burns him with his own fire. 
And Kaido's like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> Why are these guys hurting me? Uh, and uh, it turns out, like, all, all the samurai are using Ryo, which is uh, Wano's interpretation of hockey. So it's like a step above. Uh, it's because hockey itself doesn't seem to hurt Kaido as much. So, but Wano's variation of it seems to hurt him. And um, yeah, were... uh, it took me a little while to kind of put those things together and and, and realize that man, uh, they're gonna have to give us a breakdown. Yeah. Uh, we already know what it is exactly, but well, because we... it like people from the inside. That's the that's yes, the use of that's that. the that's the big difference. It it's hockey that just kind of like attacks you from in in inward. So, okay. and we see little snippets of uh, Odin trying to teach these guys, and that's why they know. So, like, they must have gleaned some information of how to use Ryo from him. And they all come together and use uh, Odin's signature attack, Paradise Totsuka. And uh, that's where the chapter Ooh. ends. It's kind of, they, they hit him right on the scar. <laughs> yeah, like, ah! all of them. Um, no carve at his scar. It's going to be sushi tonight. Yeah. Um, great chapter. I mean, it's a very fun action chapter. Uh, it's... I actually forgot what happened this week in One Piece, man. It was a fast read. Um, that was read. the first thing I read, and it went by fast. Well, at least it's back next week, uh, unlike a certain other manga. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad One Piece is back. It's been gone for two weeks, and it's felt weird. It's good to have uh, the OG back. Um, this is a great chapter. Very fun action chapter. Not much to go about in terms of story, but um, huge fan of it. Can't wait to see what's to come. Ready to randomize, boys? Here? Oh, yeah. Odin Tuso style. Let's go! The champ is here! My Hero Academia. This is My Hero Academia, chapter 288. Who, who's in the ship? Save Takeo, best genius. <laughs> who's in the ship? Best genius. We start off best. with an aircraft. You think so? I thought so, too. Everybody right. in the world knows this is best genius. <laughs> what do you think, Brian? You didn't have any other thoughts aside from best genius? The ship? No, whoever's yeah. in You know, the, the chapter starts out with an airship flying through the I, air. I don't know. It's best I'm genius. Just, I don't even I don't even know where the fuck this is coming from. It could be Captain America, too. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, man. Oh. Imagine it's just the, the I'm, whole I'm guessing Avengers. it's going to be Marvel if there's going to be a crossover, yeah. right? Yeah. Probably not DC. It could be Best Genius, honestly. It but. is Best Genius. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I wondering. mean, if it was, if it was Spider-Man, I'd be pretty lit, too. Who else would it be? Because this, the, whoever's driving the, pi, the plane is like, it's not how, ha- it's, uh, it's especially since you're not back to full health yet. Who else do oh. we know off screen that was hurt? But for whatever reason, headshot. Headshot is still in the battlefield. <laughs> you mean they just um, picked up headshot real fast and then flew off in this big ass plane? No, <laughs> it's best genius, guys. Get over it. Um, okay, so we cut to the city as uh, Giganto Machia is just still tearing through. He's been tearing to through the city for what feels like five chapters now, and uh, yeah. Uh, Toga seems to spot uh, Ocha- uh, Uraraka and uh, and Suyu, 
So she's like, give me my gear. I got, I got to go. And um, as she goes, uh, Spinner stops her and be like, Toga, I know that we're a gang of strays that happen to find each other. But you're not the only one feeling messed up over twice. I know yeah. doing that as we please is the villain way, but you'd better come back to us. Um, it was a cool little moment. I, I missed this little side of the League of Villains where, like, even though they've expanded, the homies are still the homies. You know, like, their their core group is what's important to each one of them. Uh, it's a good sense of camaraderie. It's like a reverse, like, friendship group, like, protagonist group. It's it's a little kinship I've always admired with the League of Villains. Uh, as Uraraka and, uh, and Suyu are managing the situation in the city... Uh, Uraraka gets uh, call, uh, pulled aside by this old lady who is calling for her help to get her husband out because he is bedridden and this old lady can't carry her. So she follows this old lady and um, it turns out that this old lady was uh, Toga in disguise. Big two-page spread of her being fully naked and I was immediately uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they're just fighting within this uh, this uh, this apartment as uh i guess uh toga is getting dressed again uh at some point she finally just like pulls up on uraka pins her to the ground with a knife and uh she's toga finally asks her what do you want to do with me and uraka is like you fucking just killed an old woman and stole her blood just to ask me a question like that just two <laughs> toga says and she's like Listen, I'm trying to save every life I can right now. If you get in my way, then I'm going to stop you right here and now. And that's where the chapter ends. Um, I'll say, I Ooh, mean... I need a whole week off to make this whack-ass female fight. No, it's not <laughs> whack because it's a female fight, just to be clear. It's, it's whack because there's, I know they're not going to get the shine that I, that I want them to. Yeah, if... if it, I, I, I get what they're going for here, and I feel like this is supposed to be this big moment of development for both of these characters but i'm also like this feels like a commercial break for the most important thing that's happening yeah <laughs> over there yeah it just really yeah, broke, was, broke up the action yeah. when i was, in I was reading this chapter i wasn't really excited for it i was just like right this feels really out of place like this doesn't feel like the right place to be doing the right time to be doing this yeah but like Part of me is like, I guess this is the only time something like this could happen because otherwise she would be accompanied by a hero, right? So I guess this is the only time you could do it. But it's just like, like when I watch, when I read, I just read like the like a lot of One Piece. Like I just caught caught up on it. I read a couple arcs that I missed out on, and it's like whenever Oda does something like this, it feels it still captivates you. You know, like everything that like if it splits off yeah. in the main line like it's still interesting there's still something that's going to captivate you like there's always something a mystery that you want to know about but when it did it here it's like uh, it's not really as interesting as like what's going on with the main story well so, i think the or reason, not i think the reason that why that is is um when oda does it it's usually like very relevant to what's going on like or is like comes back later to affect the arc that it's in like it's a part of the story so like for example when Usopp and Robin in uh, Dressrosa just like go on their little side adventure with the Tantata that amounts to something 
Yeah. Uh, in the same arc, and I feel like this is a weird. And I don't know what the point of this is yet, so it's hard to judge it on that. I, I obviously it could end up leading. You know, we don't know what's going on in this person's mind. I, I I like I like to say like you know before we wrap up this chapter anyway that like you know specifically with One Piece we're given little build up at in almost every chapter right? at weird points here like constantly mm-hmm. constantly constantly where I feel like with My Hero Academia he's very very particular not even particular like you you know you know exactly when there's development going on and he dedicates a chapter to it or yeah. half a chapter he's very He's methodical about how he does it, where with One Piece, it's kind of always happening in, in small amounts, in large amounts, in yes. world-building amounts when you least expect it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's predictable, but also less predictable. You know it's happening, but, but the way it happens is constantly changing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Where it's, I, oh, sorry. This, we, we know the rhythm and the flow of My Hero Academia, which is what frustrates me, right? Um, and I always talk about, and we all, we all thought this, we all said literally the same thing, which was, yeah, this is kind of weird. I'm not hyped for this right now. Cause yeah, we, we could feel it. We could feel that this was thrown at us to be like a, oh man, oh child, we're going to get a fight. And no, nigga, you can't just, and it's weird because this series is good, but I'm going to be critical. Like, no, nigga, like, boo, I, <laughs> your man's just running through cities right now. This guy Shigaraki still, you know what I'm saying, kind of out of commission. Is I don't know. I think you're. I gotta see how he wraps it up. Um, I, uh, they're not. They're nice. <laughs> I think you hit it right in the yeah. head because I, I, I think like what I was trying to explain. You got it. What happens is he seems to concentrate all of these like moving parts in chunks, so they just kind of butt in on each other for long amounts of time. Yeah, I, I feel like if. Th- there, there are like people out there who like take movies and recut them and re-edit them, so like they're maybe at a better pace. And I feel like My Hero Academia could use that a little bit right now, where maybe if they sprinkled in this little moment with the stuff that's happening with Deku and stuff like that during the fight with Shigaraki before they entered the uh, One for All world, if they just like paced this a little better and like interspersed everything, so we could have all of these moments building up to a to something. You know, it would feel more exciting and we'd it'd be in, involved in the pacing of what was already going on. Right now, it just feels like a screeching halt to what the, like the crazy revelations that we got last week about One for All and the stuff that's been plaguing the series for the whole entirety of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's not bad. That's the thing. It's not bad. It's just like weirdly paced. Uh, but I'm, inter- I, I'm not disinterested to see what it is going. So, you know, I guess we'll have to see next chapter in two weeks because my Air Academia is on break. Personally, Toga is my least favorite of the of the League of Villains. So I'm not really um interested in her storyline per se. So I don't know. I thought her I, like I thought her mo thing in uh, my my villain academia was very interesting. Um Yeah, that was She used to be my least everything favorite. Everything was being now... paced well and there was a reason, you know, and that was the moment. That was the spotlight. And this is just kind of, mm-hmm. well, what's she going to get out of this? Oh, you really don't want to kill people? <laughs> you just want to see them be punished for doing crimes and then hopefully they'll be good after it? Like, you, you, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll have to see, man. 
I guess this is gonna be like, like I know she's psycho already. Is is that what's going on? She's meant like we know she's mentally not there, and this and and this is her route to healing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. No, I I agree. It's it's a weird thing. <laughs> we'll have to see how it plays out, but we're not. I guess I guess the consensus is that we're not thrilled. Um, I don't I'm know. impressed with Brian. I really am. <laughs> really am. You broke from the shackles of your fandom. You did, oh, man. It's I, not I, easy, bro. It hurts, doesn't this, it? This is the first chapter where, like, in a while, where I was just like, "Damn, dude, I am not feeling hyped for the next chapter right now." Yeah. Like the last couple chapters, I'm like, "What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen?" And then this chapter, it's like, "Oh, yeah." It's because we're getting so much lore, and then it's also like, "Now let's focus on Toga." <laughs> you get these moments with them. Um, Acting all chummy, the lizard guy's like, "Yeah, I know we're all villains, and we do it." I like that moment. Want, I thought that make moment it back. Cool. I I like it, but it just feels hollow. Cause man, yeah, are y'all really cool? Well, I think they are. The I think they're core. Like they're yeah, mean. What's the plan again? They're mean to each other because they're villains, but you know, at, at the end of yeah. the day, they love each other. Is what I I'm supposed it. to get. It's like a Suicide Squad, you know? Yeah. Sure. We're the Suicide Squad. Uh, but um yeah i mean i guess that that was my hair academia uh any any closing thoughts all right uh just let's see next chapter see what happens <laughs> all right yeah that was my hair academia and that has been our show hell yeah dude we did it this is i think again this is probably a record we covered 15 books back to back to back one episode in, le- in like about the amount of time of a usual episode i'm very proud of it um, hope you guys liked it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, my voice is dying inside. Uh, so let's wrap this up. You can find me at the Chris Espinal at JD Cole underscore 37 at B.ESP on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Brian's Twitch stream at, oh wait, at uh, twitch.tv slash it's punchline. Follow DrumFu at drum underscore foo. Uh, that's our theme song guy. Follow the show itself at New Jump City on twitter and instagram especially twitter because this sunday we're going to start doing audience rgc's and if you guys want to vote on that and hear what one listen to the next episode we'll have it there like subscribe all that stuff comment uh we're trying to get back to our subscriber account before we got taken down so if you could just uh smash that subscribe button that would be pretty sick um thank you guys so much for listening i think that's it for now oh uh, five star review on itunes Follow us on Spotify. We're everywhere you listen to podcasts. Just do it. <laughs> if we get taken down from YouTube, we'll still be updating there. So, you know, audio versions, best way to keep up with us and what we're doing. So uh, thank you guys again for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Stay safe, New Jump Citizens. Peace.